the downbeat staple, Mike Saroy. Whoa. 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 What's up, Mike Reiner? Look at us broadcasting you. live. It's all about you, my man. Live from the dead center of Fist City, Texas. Yes, that's right. Here we are again. But wait. That's There's surely it. That's surely like... it. Is there no, more? No, no, no. There is more. We have at the helm, once again, Shoopy. Hi, Shoopy. Hi, Shoopy. How, How are, are we? we? How are we? <laughs> I think we've known each other a while. Yeah, we have known each other a minute. You all right? It's good to be with you. Yeah. Good to be with you. I'm awake. Everything's good. And right across the way here, Michael. Yes. Look who it is once again. We are treated to another day with America's sweetheart. That's right. The great Julie Dobbs. The more you know her, the more you fall in love with her. The bright light. The bright light. And the secret weapon. In every room she's in. As a wise man once said, right here on these airwaves... I'm back, bitches. Hell yeah. I'm back for another day. She even does that better than us. Of course. She does everything better than us. We should just leave and let her do this by herself. Oh, man. Who knows what she would get? Julie and I decided in the pre-show meeting, because there is a movement to figure out crap to sell or give away that says 97 won the freak on it. Mm -hmm. And we agreed because Mike lost your your phone earlier. And Julie's like, we need to get him a fanny pack. And I'm like, that needs to be the first thing we No, we no, I didn't lose my phone. Okay. This is a big misconception that got out there. Get us straight. Get us straight. I lost my... Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Did you get it? I believe we got it. You were driving Doopy. yourself crazy. You got that. We did. <laughs> we caught it in time. You were driving Man, yourself I, crazy. I've been out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, we need to recover from that. I mean... Yeah, we got to reset about 15 seconds before. Okay, so... Man, I've been out of this game for a really long time. Fist pump. Uh, really? Did you like that? I got it. Did you like that? I got it. All right. got it. You collect yourself. That'll go with the black market. I'll reset us. Yeah, Brett texts that to me. So, we were just chit-chatting about how perhaps Mike... Uh, Needed something to carry some things around. Yeah, your yeah. items. That yeah. was convenient. Yeah. Us women get a purse, mm-hmm. and you guys don't get that. No, because you were saying that he puts stuff in his front pockets, and then much like the speakeasy's word of the day, the bulge, Yeah. you deal with front pocket bulge. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we said we got to do it. Yep. So we were thinking that perhaps a fanny pack, a freak fanny. The freak fanny pack is the first item. The first item to hit the market. <laughs> hit the hot market. Mm-hmm. Will you rock Boy, the- that market's really hot right now. You have a uh, <laughs> piping. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's one Man, of the hardest I've all- ever heard. I know. I know it was. And, and in all the years... Back at, down the way there, mm-hmm. I never did that. I can only remember one time where you cussed on air, and it was it was an S bomb. Yeah, I never was it intentional. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. If it but was, but otherwise, so well. Oh, was, and you accidentally that was not dropped intentional. That was me just getting entirely too com- comfortable in the the, um, the non broadcast realm. And that's okay. 
We are all friends. It's We're okay, just having a chat. We got you. Yeah, and all the good, good news is you found your iPad. Yes, it was actually in the bag. <laughs> in, a, in another compartment that for whatever reason I didn't bother to look in, but I did today, and there it was. And hey, little buddy, forget about me. <laughs> That's what the iPad said to you. Yeah, you've you've lost familiarity with your work bag. You've admitted because didn't you say? Yes, I have. Tell us the story of your work bag. Well, on my last day of work, at the little ticket, uh-huh. I went home. I set the work bag down on its in its designated spot <laughs> on a table in my then bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I retracted the iPad, and I didn't touch that thing. And I I got the got my checkbook out of there, and I didn't touch that thing at all between then and now. It has just been sitting there, wow, completely, totally, one hundred percent untouched. One thousand days, right? Yes, but for the next thousand days. <laughs> It didn't is it really. Is it really a thousand on the nose? It's it. Your last or Sunday was your one thousandth. No. <laughs> Here he goes again. One thousand. It was one thousand days of retirement. Monday, the first show we did was would have been day one thousand and one. So yes, it was wow. exactly one thousand. What a coincidence! Isn't that wild? That is wild. It's wild of you to. Access that you know, wherever you did. Mm-hmm. The world and he sat at a big, a big yeah, giant calendar, yeah. and he counted every yeah. single day. Yes. <laughs> one, two, exiting <laughs> off each one. Yep. <laughs> a little evil laugh because he knew this was the plan the whole time. You getting lost a couple of times Mike and having Saroy. to go back and start all over again. Give me your exact birth date. <laughs> um, August 16, 1950. August 16th, 1950. Yes. This is how hard it was for me to access that information. I know exactly how many days you've been alive. Hit me. 26,348 days. Seems like twice that. <laughs> Feels like <laughs> way more than that. 26,000. Do you have a favorite day? A favorite day? Yeah. Um, yeah, Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's, you've Good been, answer. You've been alive 865 months. 3,764 weeks, as we said, just over 26,000 days, 632,000 plus hours. It's a lot of hours in this game, man. You are coming up on your 38 millionth minute. Wow. And his first. And we do have it. Yeah. 2 billion, 276 million plus seconds you've been alive. And what do you have to that, say for yourself? In all that time, only one non-intentional on-air faux pas. <laughs> the only time you've ever messed up. We're honored to have been yeah. witnessed. We that is going to be it. seared into my brain. <laughs> I mean, that one was straight so, out of the Hammer playbook there. Yeah. <laughs> Just keeping us on our toes, Mike. And it was even the abso-blanking. Yeah. Where are you? And it says freak everywhere in this room. Uh huh. Yeah, well, it's okay. Not in my brain, it didn't. <laughs> You're all good, homie. Oh, oh God. Just oh, be a goldfish. Be a goldfish. I'm a disaster. Yes. Just forget everything that's happened up to this point. Let's and continue on. Yes. on. Well, I'm, I'm glad. glad on the next grain of food. 
I am glad you found your uh, your iPad. You were pretty iPad reliant, huh? That's your main yeah. source of information gathering? Yeah. I'm not real facile with using the computer for this sort of thing. I've always done it on the iPad, so that's my jam. And you have laptop. Yeah, I do have laptop. And I have laptop on premises. Phone, could use it and phone. But rarely use rarely use laptop. Um, Not for this. Well, Mike and I just found out some wonderful information yes. today. We get a company laptop. Yeah. And really? a company computer at our desks. Yeah. Oh, our desks. No. Coming pretty soon. Spiffy. Did wow. you know this, Groups? Mine actually got delivered yesterday, so I'm working on setting it up. Yeah, they pretty needed cool. our home addresses because they're going to send a all laptop. this tech. I just had them send them to the station. Really? Yeah. But Unless they're going to make me unbox them. They just yeah. need somebody I here can't to sell them on eBay it. if they send them here. <laughs> Does everybody know the address of the station? I have no idea nope. the address of the station. I needed that yesterday and <laughs> did not have it. I guess there's no way we can ever know that information. Google is your friend. Uh, I mean, it's, That's what I did. It's a relatively easy building to find just knowing the... You can see it from the tollway. So it's I the always, one that says I Heart Media yes. on it. <laughs> they, they were very kind to us to put yeah, our employer emblazoned upon the roof. I don't think you can tell the, the postman that. Yeah, so we'd know where we were going. Do you think most – I don't know if most buildings that say like a company on them is that – it's not like that's their whole building. I mean they just are the ones that are willing to pony yeah. up for a couple floors or not even necessarily the biggest they pay. Uh, lessee in the yeah, building. Yeah, they pony up for that, for the naming rights. The naming rights to the building. Yeah. So it costs extra and it's like, we'll throw your name on it. Yeah. That's why all these buildings change their names so often. Mm-hmm. How much that costs? Lots. You want to buy a building? Soroy Industries? No, just... <laughs> speaking of Soroy Industries, you speaking of uh, dog baptism is the most Soroy Industries business idea <laughs> I've ever heard. I'm like, damn it, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody was profiting from it, but... There's probably yeah, there's probably a market for it. Um, you could say if you have an unruly pet, if you have an unruly dog, maybe they just haven't been baptized properly yet. So you start with the baptize, and then you move forward to the training. Got to set that baseline. Oh, but then you pay so for the first, training. First, you have to make your dog a dog of God. <laughs> That's exactly right. Is that trying to fix the loophole of the whole? Do pets go to heaven? Hasn't that been a Fix the loophole of do pets go to heaven? I think yeah. isn't the thought that pets can't go to heaven because they haven't... They don't have souls. No. Oh. Well, that can't because be true. Because they haven't actively accepted Jesus Christ into their heart. I don't think that's true. I'm a true. bit out of my league here. I'm not sure, <clears throat> but I'm pretty sure I heard... All I know is that blueberries in heaven. Oh. Your pets do go to heaven. My pets go to heaven. Blueberries yeah. in heaven. I was told that there was dog heaven. Yeah. Oh, when I was a kid. In, separate heaven. In the book, all dogs go to heaven. Isn't that a book? Yeah, I think it, that was a written. cartoon movie. It right? can't be wrong. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, I guess if we were trying to get technical about it, you might have something there. Pope John Paul II said in 1990 that animals do have souls and are as near to God as men are. Well, came from the. So pope. I guess he covered that. Oh, you know what? I went and saw Pope John Paul II when we lived in Miami. You did? Yeah. Why? This is more Florida talk than Mike. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, he was taking, I think it was 1986, 87, something like that, and he was making a very rare tour of the United States of America to assorted big cities. Miami was one of them. Um, my grandparents on the Lithuanian side, my mom's side, were very uh, devout Catholic, mm-hmm. and uh, we grew up in the church like most sons and grandsons of overly or uh, very Catholic people. And they were like, the Pope is coming. Yes, we're going to see the Pope. So we went out to, I don't know, some giant park in Miami where they had it all set up. And there were so many blanking people there. I remember that. That's good there. Blanky. <laughs> I learned that one. <laughs> That's a good word. Remember that one, Mike. <laughs> learned something today. 97 won the blank. <laughs> Switch it. All right, here's the kind of the lamest part. My dad, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna chat about some of this stuff we I think, are. later in the show yep. as we do who are these people. But yep. my dad was a powerboat racer and he worked for Popeye's Offshore Racing. Big yellow race boat the and chicken people or spinach people? Ch- chicken people. <laughs> okay. Well, Popeye was a big spinach guy. Popeye, the sailor man, was a no, big No, you're exactly yeah. right. Spinach guy. I know about that Popeye, but you said spinach people, so it made me think if there was like a spinach industry called Popeye's. There's most Maybe definitely there a massive spinach industry. I don't know if they're in any relation to Popeye. They should. Popeye I think loves there it. is, though. I think yeah. there is Popeye spinach because well, I was sense. a big Popeye guy when I was a kid, you know? Uh-huh. And I saw Popeye spinach in the store, and I made my mom, my, my mom get some. Nice. Yeah. As you should. Make <laughs> my mom get some. Yeah. As you should. Well... <laughs> In the race boat, which was sponsored yeah, anyway, by Popeye's sorry, Famous I'm, I'm Fried Chicken. No, not at all. I love that. There's always uh, room for a Popeye story. Popeye's Famous Fried Chicken was the race boat, was the main sponsor. Al Copeland was the guy who owned it. He was the driver of the boat. And I will tell you, uh, inside joke, if you lift the uh, engine covers, which no one ever sees. I mean, the, the outside of the boat is yellow, and it looks like this, the chicken restaurant. But the giant fuel tank was painted, and it was all green, and it said spinach on it. And that was a joke that, like, no one ever saw because who actually looks under the engine covers? Okay. So there was a spinach uh, reference in, on the inside of the boat, which me as a kid thought was the coolest thing in history. But anyway, if your dad is a boat racer for Popeye's Famous Fried Chicken, you probably mm-hmm. have a lot of T-shirts and crap that says Popeye's on it. Yep, that would make sense. How do you spell Popeye's? P-O-P-E-Y-E apostrophe S. Exactly right, <laughs> which also <laughs> spells Pope. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I think Vita had a bedazzled <laughs> divider on our Popeye's T-shirts in between Pope and Yes, like you had the the glue that you the glitter glue. Uh huh. I know and like the glitter made a glue. Slash and like made it easier to read, so we were all wearing Pope Yes T-shirts. Oh my gosh, Vita! Once again, amazing. Striking with the bedazzler. Pope Yes. Yes. That's another word you could put in there instead of blank. Pope, <laughs> Pope, Pope Yes. Pope and A. <laughs> yep, you could. You could, and I just may now. <laughs> Hopefully. But the one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a little less dangerous, that's for sure. Pope, yes. Yes, so we all had Pope, yes t-shirts. And you went to day. see the Pope. Went and saw the Pope. Pope. And all he Jeez. did was drive by waving in his Pope mobile, mm-hmm. which is a fascinating automobile to look at. And which, as we bring this thing full circle, Mike, at our previous station, the very first time that I cussed with the F word with my brother on his show, Uh-oh. we were talking about the Pope Mobile, and I was talking about no hip, I was talking about hipster vehicle options. Like if you're a super hipster, you have a van or maybe a hearse if you want to get wild. And I'm like, the greatest hipster vehicle ever would be a blanking Pope Mobile. And I went super casual with my brother. We had to dump it and drop it. Oh man! But we have now come full circle. Yeah. Yes. Covering each and every angle. 
had to perform the dump and drop maneuver in here today. Yep. And that and led us my fault. to a story about the Pope Mobile once again, which is where you issued your very first cuss word. This is all just Didn't even freaking mean that. me out. Didn't mean that. It's freaking me out. Just blanking me out. Now, mm-hmm. one question. Yes. When the Pope would wave at people, mm-hmm. did he do this? Like you're talking Miss America wave? Yeah, this kind of wave. Or was it more of this or yeah, how does this or how does the Pope wave? It was not wave? the finger only fingers down wave that you're illustrating right now. I was probably nine or ten years old. And my only recollection is I realized where the Pope – I mean at this point I'm like, well, we've come this far. I've been here since four in the morning. I want to see the damn Pope. So I did do a scurry between the crowd as a youngster would. And I think I got right near the gate and I think I got a great view, maybe within 15, 20 feet of the Pope mobile. Um, I recall his flowing robes. I definitely recall the Pope Mobile. I don't recall his exact wave, but if I had to guess, I would think very close to the Miss America elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist technique mm-hmm. that pageant girls have been taught. Confirm, Julie? Yeah, it looks like oftentimes there's a little extra. <laughs> <Like that. laughs> You're pretty good. Now separate your thumb and your pointer finger a little bit more, and it looks like that is kind of the general Pope. Oh, oh that, because I think yes, yeah. it's wave, but you're also sort of throwing the blessing right at you. You you're, have one. yeah, you're blessing you everybody. You have a little bit of Jesus mm-hmm. and a you now, and I think imagine <laughs> exactly. you probably chooses some eye contact, and those are moments, you know. I think I lost out on the Jesus. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. Nah, that he didn't, didn't throw include, like a curveball hand uh, wave right at yeah, you. Yeah, that didn't include me. Well, he we can throw do you it right now. The Pope if you didn't need throw it, you a Jesus. I'll give you a little Jesus right here in this studio. There's my my Pope wave. You are blessed. If my dog can be blessed on a playground, you can be blessed in our studio. Which we have confirmed now. A blessed dog. Yes. Thanks to Pope John Paul II mm-hmm. has she confirmed we'll heaven see. is their final stop. That's exactly right. Speaking That's of that, right. uh, let's do this. Let's do it. We're doing it for Bo today. That's Ben's puppy dog who yeah. narrowly averted heaven. Yes. Hit by two cars. I wow. Did. Two. I and did survived. It. And he's like the size of a Whopper Junior. Michael. So yes, he survived. One Just took him night. down, and the other like came behind it. <laughs> I did. I saw Ben today, and obviously, I was my first question, dude. Is Bo okay? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I think he's okay. And then, of course, I'm the one who wants the Zapruder film, and I want the actual details because I have a tough time picturing a dog of that size getting hit by two cars. Um, and the best we can figure is first car, right front bumper, kind of a cheek shot. Mm-hmm. Maybe not like a direct cheek hit, but a grazing cheek shot spins bow the way I picture it clockwise. And then the second car, I think, s- sort of swishes over him. Oh, dear. You know, like when you swish when you swish a squirrel, and then you look in the rear view, you're like, yeah. no, 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 no. Okay, good, 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 good. You're good. All I know is how to smush a squirrel. I don't swish him. I smush him. Yeah? You if feel- you have the choice between smush and swish, you're going to smush? Yeah, I'll smush. You're going to smush a squirrel. Yeah, I am. And, I am. And just keep I'm on down going. on a squirrel right now. They're up in my attic. I'm down on them, man. Are they really? Yeah, yeah I got to do something about that. Yeah, our old friend Junior was on a squirrel murdering campaign for the last few years, and you're claiming to, to join him in that pursuit. Yes, I think I should. I, I think I need instruct from him. I don't know. I've heard if you piss them off, they just come more in groves to, get yeah. to attack you. And they come they'll up mess with, with their battle family. plans. They'll flank you from the left. Mm-hmm. They okay. form squares like in a Shoot battle, like in a battlefield. I will have the last squirrel laugh here. All right. You, you won't. <laughs> We'll be following this story closely here on the downbeat. Dude, I think I, it might be a squirrel. There's something in my attic. 
Okay. A critter. Do you have a lot of squirrels around the house normally? Decent amount. Not. I wouldn't say a lot. I know, I like juniors over of there, M streets where there's yeah. trees everywhere. I don't, I don't have too many trees, so I don't have a ton of. You have a ton of yeah, them. Yeah, I got a ton of them. Yeah, exactly. Your area. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think there's a critter in your attic? I you hear, hear pitter patter. Yeah, I hear pitter patter. At then night. Simon hears it, and then he does the run around the the house, like oh, under gosh. it. I bet he don't like that. No, like a magnet under a table. If you're making something move, he's like right underneath it and just kind of tracks it. But I only hear it like once a week. Not enough to like jump into action and there. do something about it. Right, not have to pay whatever the hell right. it costs. Right, it, it's quite expensive. I had a friend who had a similar thing, and it cost him, I think, three grand to allegedly have. Oh, we'll get everything out of there, and his, I think, was everything under the house too. Which I think I have a Dallas Zoo Part Two underneath my house. Oh wow, consistent of what? I do not know, but there's I have I have visible underhouse openings. <laughs> You gotta close those things up. There's like those little tiny screens, those nets you can put. You like the little white wicker? Yeah. Like the one foot thing? Yeah, I'm thinking about making that play. Yeah, you gotta do something. Your, your drive time host now. You need yeah, to be able to take care of these holes. Paychecks to hit. These holes in your house. <laughs> There's a lot more holes in my life <laughs> to prioritize right now. Oh, one of the last will be the, uh, the house holes. Yeah. One time we had chimney sweeps. The birds. Mm-hmm. We came in from somewhere we had been gone for the day. I want to say it was like the Byron Nelson. Like I had been gone mm-hmm. a long time, came home after like a few cocktails, and there were all these birds <laughs> flying around. Everything all yes. day. And- yes. Flying around inside our house, and turns out there was something going in on. In your house. In my house. Turns out there was something going on where the bird could get through the chimney and was just having the time of his life. <laughs> In my living room, and cranberry and blueberry at that time, both of my cats uh, were having the time of their life, too, <laughs> trying to get the bird. Well, how'd you get it out of there? We had to hire a company. How and many it was, birds? Uh, it was like two. Two birds in your house? Yes. You had to hire a company. You couldn't all doors open and... They wouldn't leave. Start flailing but plus, around? the problem that that led to them being in the house was going to still be there. So we could try to get that bird out, but the bird would probably just go right back to where it came from unless we paid this company. That's why you need to keep a BB gun around. All right. I like it. I'd love to see you hunting a bird or a squirrel with your (laughs) little pump up. You're such a savage when it comes to these creatures. I'm kind of a softy. Yeah. But anyway, Bo, I think Bo got swished by that second car, I believe, and that kind of barrel rolled him, and uh, apparently he's just got a... Missing one tooth and some scratchies on an arm, and he's okay. So we're going to do it for Bo today, and we're going to do it for Pope John Paul II. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's do it for the Pope. Let's do it for Bo. Why not? Why yep. not? Let's do it all. All right. Uh, if you like the old segment, What's on Mike's Mind, we're pretty much kind of doing the same thing, but we're giving them cool, fun names. We'd like to introduce you next to Mike's Koi Pond. And that's next here on 97.1 The Freak. But first, my pals at Reliant Air Conditioning, they provide comfort to homeowners that do not want to be taken advantage of. I met uh, the owner, Jeff Stewart, and their crew the other night at our party, and I believe him. He's like, dude, you know how much more money we could make? You know how easy it is to lie to someone and tell them they need something done with their air condition? But that is not what Reliance Jam is, I promise you that. 
And if you don't believe me, you can read the reviews before you select an AC company. Just about 10 minutes on Google is all you need. There's a widespread issue of salesmen disguised as technicians trying to con you, con people into buying new systems. And you hear it over and over. The sales guy's got to go, oh, i gotta, oh, I got to check something, check something, to come back. Next thing you know, you're thousands of dollars in the tank at a Reliant Air Conditioning. Their techs do not work on commission. They don't sell new systems. That's not what they're up to. And Reliant, as always, urges you to call two other companies first and then call them. That's because they're confident in their fair pricing and honest way of doing business. And they want you to talk to their competition because they know it will highlight the fact that they do business the right way and the competition is doing it the wrong way. So give them a call. Reliant Air Conditioning. Their phone number is 877-YOUR-HERO. That is 877-968-7437. ReliantAirConditioning.com is their website. Reliant Air Conditioning, gimmick-free since 83. You're listening to the downbeat on 97.1 The Freak. Not to be confused with Glenn, which lives. Mike, i got a few options for you. The unofficial nickname of our show. Okay. Glenn. Some guy <laughs> suggested that fans of this show's nickname should be Glennonites. Okay. like that. <laughs> which I kind of thought was the funniest thing ever. The Glennonites. Yes. All right, all you Glennonites out there. <laughs> just kind of wordy. <laughs> yeah, like the Mennonites. Uh-huh, the Glennonites. Or G-Unit, which sounds pretty hard. I don't know. Can I give you one quick follow-up? We mentioned in the Loretta Lynn obituary segment yesterday that she'd become a grandmother at 29 years of age. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Is that uh, non-factual information? No, no. It's absolutely factual information. I found it fascinating so much so that I wanted to look up who the youngest grandmother in uh, recorded history okay. is. So place your bets. What age was Rivka Stanescu of Investi, Romania? What age was she when she became a grandmother? Making her is off the board, Julie. You get to <laughs> nobody explain to me these things. Groves, <laughs> you get to guess too. Fifteen. Okay. All right, I'll do a serious <laughs> guess here. Okay. Okay. I will say seventeen. Okay. Um, twenty-one. Uh, Rivka Stanescu, twenty-three years of age, is the world's youngest grandmother. Uh, Let's break it down. <laughs> she married jewelry salesman Ionel Stanescu when she was 11, and he was 13, and she gave birth to her first child, Maria, when she was only 12. What? Can you imagine that, no, Jules? No, I cannot. Birth. Yeah. <laughs> Rivka, the mother. See, I get to ask birth questions. <laughs> you, I, I have birthed humans. <laughs> Rivka, this the mother, true. tried to persuade her daughter to stay in school. Don't get mixed up in all this. Yeah. You don't want this life. But Maria instead left to wed when she was just 10. What? And had her baby six months later at age 11. I don't understand all How of this. How is that even possible? I don't know. Hmm. Making Miss Donescu of Romania a grandmother at 23 years of age. Wow. You think this might have been a C-section? <laughs> hmm. Maybe. Again, not, it is a fair question. I, it's not my department. I don't know the. I just can't even wrap my head around of, the other kind of birth. I'm not going to say the word, but I can't even wrap my head around that for somebody of that age, let alone right a C-section. Dang. Wild times, yeah. In Romania, I don't know who would marry somebody even at the age of eleven. Like the no. person that's ordained, aren't right. they supposed to have gone through some sort of process to be able to approve a marriage? Yeah, and it seems like there would be some sort of. I mean, I know there's not an age requirement on getting married, but 11? I think when I checked the story, it was dated. You don't know who you are at 11? 
<laughs> you know who you want to marry. Do you think this might have been a shotgun wedding? I have no idea if it was forced or uh, arranged, arranged. Probably arranged. But it was the story was dated 2011, so it's not all that long ago. Wow. It's not a bygone era that I we're talking imagine. about. Yeah. That's a fun fact, Mikey. So we'd like to add, along with Bo the Dog and Pope John Paul II, Rifa, Rifka Stanescu okay. is our freak of the day. All right. It's time for this, Michael Gruber. Please take off your shoes and let the fish nibble away at your undercarriage <laughs> as we get... This is the downbeat on 97.1 The Freak. Saw them when they were through here last. Yeah? Sure did. How can you not like this song? Is it Duran around? No, Tears for Fears. Tears for Fears, there you go. I love this song. So great. Cover this? Do I cover that? I don't know. Or could I cover could that? Could you cover it? I'd love to try. I don't know if I could, but I'd like to try. <laughs> this is a great song. It really is. All right, here. We're going to continue with this thread of who are these guys? <laughs> who are these guys and why am I wasting my time listening to them? Fair. Know all about you. Got this one down, Papa. Getting to like <laughs> you. Getting to hold you like me. He knows lyrics. Alright, you just heard a little story about me and my pursuit of suit. But right now, there's somebody else in here. That uh, we need to turn our attention to. Now we just did me, so it's not me. Jules, is it you? It's not me. Okay, it's not me. Then it's me, <laughs> Mikey. Is it you? I figure, why not? I mean, some people have been listening to you for thirty or forty years. They're idiots. And no. some people have been listening, perhaps, to me for a dozen or dozen or so years but i mean the truth is this is a new endeavor that we're all taking and i think why not start in week one introducing ourselves yep. to hopefully some new listeners that is a holdovers. capital idea yeah holdovers from the eagle or coming over from uh the ticket of the fan or any other radio station all are welcome that's right Everybody we love all we serve all yes exactly. so uh i was in enthralled with some of the things we learned about you yesterday in the getting to know you who are these people segment and I suppose I have to do it today. So I don't know what you want to do. I yeah. can. I don't. We'll start. We'll I don't start. have a first memory <laughs> quite as impressive as Mike's. You don't I, remember what was out the window when you were born? No, not like he did. Within three or four days of his birth, That's that he remembered. That's because you're not an idiot. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's quite the opposite. Quite my the friend. opposite. Um, well, I'll start with this. Okay. So. I'm excited for this segment because we were just chatting a little bit even before this, and I've known you for 12, 13, 14 years, however long, since we met working at Fox a long time ago. And there's a lot of pockets of your life that I know nothing about. Yeah. So I want to work through some of those pockets here today. Mike Soroy is the man of many lives, I've decided. I'll start with the baseline. My name is Michael Soroy. Middle name? Lee. L-E-E. I thought it was Shale. 
No, Shale is the second half of Michael. M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Wouldn't you rather be Michael Shale than Michael Lee? <laughs> I didn't have a vote at that time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with Lee Michael Lee. Does the Lee have a significant meaning? Uh, I believe it's uh, one of my dad's either grandparents or parents, yes. Okay. My brother's middle name is Neil, N-E-A-L. And it's the same thing. So they kind of bounced them back and forth. Gotcha. So what year was this that Michael Lee Saroy was born? I was born in May of 1976 in Hollywood, Florida. 1976. God. That's how young. You know what I was doing in 1976? (laughs) I actually want to know. Do you recall? Oh God, do I ever? I don't. I don't even want to talk about it. Okay, tomorrow, Mike yes. Reiner, 1976. We should just have a year. Yeah, we ought to go year by year. Show. We're going to start with the summer of 1980 for you. Okay. We're definitely doing that one. Uh-huh. Yes. The hottest summer on record. Yes. Hotter than even the one we just all survived. Wow. Yes. <clears throat> okay, so. It was Hollywood, Florida, which is just north of Miami, south of Fort Lauderdale, essentially northern Miami. Mm-hmm. And... um I do, I try to think about this this afternoon, my first memory, and I think something about making and possibly eating mud patties in the backyard. Mud patties. Yeah. Might have been my first memory. I did that. Okay. Did you make and eat mud patties? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is normal? I'm the odd I'd, one out here? It might be traditional boy. Okay. Yeah, it's probably more a boy yeah. thing. Boy stuff. I guess so. But there's also a photograph of me happily covered in mud after a nice session of eating mud patties. And I may have, you know, transposed that into my brain and made that a memory. Uh huh. So first memory, I actually have no idea. Okay. What was your hair like when you were born as a baby? Fair question. Beautifully blonde. Mm-hmm. My one of my teachers called me a towhead, which I did not know at the time was a term for an incredibly blonde person. Very, very blonde. Mm-hmm. Like so, somewhat uniquely blonde. And my eyes were very blue. So. Oh. Boy, you were. Scandinavian all the way. Apparently so. I am Lithuanian of descent on my mom's side of things. And my dad is, uh, I don't really know. Sidwa, I believe it's a French name, S-I-R-O-I-S. That's so interesting. But I don't have any French lineage that I am aware of. I mean, it just dates back to my dad's side of things, the name does, which is a uh, northern Indiana family. Okay. Which is where they are. Somewhere along the way. Uh, Shelby would be the name of the town, which is okay. not Shelbyville, which apparently is slightly larger. Uh-huh. Shelby, I think, is an incredibly small town in northern Indiana is where my dad's family was from. Okay. So somewhere along the way, it became Americanized, and people yeah. started saying Saroy. Yeah. I like Saroy. It's a very Sarois. popular uh, French-Canadian name, actually, Sidwa. Uh-huh. I believe Bob Saroy, or Sidwa, is a former NHL player. No relation to my knowledge. But if wow. you go to Montreal, there are numerous <laughs> Sidois. And it is pronounced Sidois. Uh-huh. Well, that's But beautiful. it's been Americanized. Okay. So this was in Hollywood, Florida. Yeah, Hollywood, Florida. So how long did you live there? Uh, lived in the Miami area through sixth, sixth grade. And then we moved because of my dad's work. I mentioned it earlier. My dad was an offshore powerboat racer, mm-hmm. which provided a very uh, cool, unique existence for my brother and I growing up. Um, I did, because of his races, many of which were international, get to do a lot of travel all over the United States and then uh, even to Europe on a couple occasions. Um And like I said, he worked for Al Copeland, the guy who owned Popeyes. Mm-hmm. So offshore powerboat racing is a somewhat glamorous 
profession. Yeah. <clears throat> Very wealthy people do it as a uh, a glamorous endeavor that they do on the weekends and they get into the fast boats and haul ass and win trophies. But they need to hire someone who is a lifelong engineer and boat racer to make those boats go fast, go fast safely. And that's the side of things my dad was on. He was not uh, wealthy in any way. I remember as a young boy asking my dad because we just got off a private jet somewhere. And my dad would always look at my mom like, back to the real world. Um, but we got to do cool things. And I asked my dad, Dad, are, are, you, are we a millionaire? And he laughed at me and he says, hell no. I go, well, if, like, including the house and your car and mom's car, then is that a million dollars? He goes, not even close. <laughs> but you got to reap some of the benefits exactly of the millionaire. Right. Exactly right. Yes. So we got to do some cool uh, international travel and got That's to do cool. some very fun things. And uh, my question. Yes. Go. Uh, how did, how did the mutation corner. from um, Indiana to Florida come about? Well, uh, his family moved south. My grandfather opened a tire shop in Sarasota, Florida, a South Trail Tire Company, where they changed tires and sold tires, and that brought my dad down here, and then my dad would, I think, steal his dad's car, my grandfather, to go drag racing in Sarasota through the orange groves, mm-hmm. and that ultimately led to him uh, getting into some boats and boat racing, where he then worked for Mercury Marine or Merc Cruiser, and it was a test an engine tester at a place called Lake X, yeah, which is still wow. difficult to find. Lake on, X, it's I think it's difficult to find. I mean, you might be able to like the it. letter X, Lake X. That's awesome, and that's where Mercury did. I'm googling it because I don't. Yeah, Lake X, Florida. Yeah, Lake Not X. EX, Lake EX, like nope. you know, one of my ex wives. Nope, Lake X. X marks the spot. And that's where they do engine testing. Okay. And that's what got him up in the ranks of, uh, I was, I was obviously going to save like this stuff for, uh, like Father's Day or sometime yeah, well, closer. Yeah, we keep on with your life. Because, no, it's, it's fine. And this is one of my favorite subjects and I'm obviously fascinated and passionate about it. But that's what led him on a career that was, he won multiple world championships, multiple national championships. And, uh, he has passed away. He died in 1997. He died when I was 20 years old. And, uh, I'll always remember one of the articles written about him said, uh, Bill Soroy passed away today all around the greatest boat racer that's ever lived. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's... To be the greatest anything yes. that's ever and lived. And for me to say that, it's super easy. Obviously, he's my dad, my hero, but all that stuff. In the paper. But yeah, it was written for real. So Yeah, somebody that's else amazing. thought that. Yeah. That is so cool. So, very fascinating life. Not to be outdone by far by my mom who is of Lithuanian descent. Both of my grandparents are Lithuanian, which is uh, on the Baltic Sea. It's south of Latvia and Estonia, west of uh, Soviet Union at the time, Russia. And uh, she was born in Germany in the throes of World War II and actually was uh, on a steamship trying to escape to America. They couldn't make it to America, so they went to uh, Colombia, where she lived a few years, and then ultimately uh, got on another boat and made their way to earn citizenship at the nearest port, which is South Florida, Miami, Florida. Hence why I was born in Miami, Florida. Wow. That's quite a lot. That's quite a journey. Let Just me give to you get s- us to this point yeah. where he was born. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. Well, and one of the most fascinating things is Lithuania was my entire life uh, uh, under communist rule because uh, the Soviet Union, Russia, took over Lithuania. And I, uh, my brothers yelled at me for screwing this story up, but the way I remember it was 
Uh, we eventually, in 1989, when Lithuania regained their independence, my grandmother and my grandfather, my mom, my brother, and I went to Lithuania. And you still had to go through Moscow. So we actually went to Moscow um, when I was a teen. You know, I was basically at the age of this sucks, everything sucks. And it was the most fascinating trip of my life because then we oh went to gosh. Vilnius, Lithuania. And this is the part I screw up and I, he'll correct me when I get off the air. But the way I remember it, my grandfather then was reunited with his brother who he hadn't seen in over 40 years because of the oh my gosh. political strife that over four or 40? 40. 40. Okay. Because my grandfather would not return to Lithuania right. under communist sure. rule. And I, I don't know if his, his brother couldn't leave Lithuania for similar reasons. Wow. So the way I remember it, I saw them hug. <laughs> Last time he Cash said I had something off on that. I don't remember. But either way, for my mo- my grandmother to go back and my grandfather to go back to their homeland and us to be there to see it was another absolutely it's gotta incredible. got to be like top five moments uh, in yes. your life. Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. And to be reunited with somebody after 40 years for... <laughs> yeah, I can't even... Wow. Yeah. For some like heavy reasons. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um. Okay, so two questions. First, what was it like as a kid having a dad with that job, meaning like, you know, I relate it to working in sports or something where dad's traveling around, that kind of thing? Like, like what was that like? I mean, cool. Were you traveling it, around with him? Did you uh, go to school? Did he leave oh, and come back? Oh, dude, we, we had pretty normal lives. Uh, but I think we got to travel to a high percentage of the races. Certainly in the summers, we would travel all over. Um, and go to races, most of them domestic. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you ride around in the boats? I went on a few test drives. Did in you wear the, a life jacket? Yes, wore a life jacket and I think a helmet and got to ride in some of the boats. That's so cool. Yeah. Did you go fast? It went pretty fast, little buddy. Did <laughs> <laughs> you go fast, little buddy? Um, okay, so what was little little kid? So we're, we kind of are through sixth grade. Yeah. So that Mike Soroy. <laughs> yeah. What was he like? Little kid Mike Saroy. Were you like teasing people? Were you the class clown? I was probably a colossal pain in the ass to my parents. Uh I was 100% class clown. I thought I was funny. I bet you were. Getting in trouble a lot? Good amount of trouble. Usually nothing. Did you ever get kicked out of school for a couple days? Uh, oh, Or expelled, I guess they call it. No, never expelled, but certainly suspended, uh, isn't that the same thing as expelled? No, expelled means adios. Kicked out forever. Oh, kicked out forever. Find a new school. Okay. Get suspended. How did Vita handle all that? Not well. It's hard. Um, but I feared Bill. The garage door opening, knowing Bill was home, you know, was scary. Mm-hmm. But obviously, no. I mean, I I never took anything worse than a hard spanking on the bottom. Yeah. You know, but he was intimidating, as was she if she needed to be. But yeah. Well, this just goes to show I'm dealing with. You know, just little boy behavior stuff. Yeah. But we always say this is going to serve him well in the end. Yeah. Because he knows what he wants and he's hard headed and he's strong willed. <laughs> right. And here's living proof yeah, right? that it can work out for you. Maybe. Um, Give a whip out. This is going to hurt me a lot more than it does I, you. <laughs> I think I got that one direct. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Like, I think one time about? my dad gave me the uh, the docker, the boat shoe, because obviously that's all he wore is the boat shoe, which had a real nice bend, obviously. a real nice bend and whip to it. Uh-huh. And he gave me one on the backside that sent me flying oh over gosh. the bed. And I think even he was like, oh, c- 
caught him clean a there. Little much. <laughs> a little much. It was supposed to be a half dozen, and we stopped after one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so we we've gotten to sixth grade, and there's yeah. so much more that has to that has to be uh, accomplished. Here. Once again, this is who are these people? As we are a brand new station, yes. and uh, the people you're hearing are brand new to many that are listening. We got to meet Mike yesterday, and why not? I'll mm-hmm. let it rip for myself. As awkward as it is. No, it's it's good. It's, Everybody needs to know all of this about you. Not it's that fascinating. Not that she's uh, even still with us, but I will give credit because I remember a, ver- a very specific quote from one of my teachers as we move move on. It was my art teacher, and she said, Michael, contrary to what every single person in the teacher's lounge believes, I think you've got a very bright, creative, successful future ahead of you. <laughs> she just think had to get proud, that. <laughs> think of how proud she would be today. And I couldn't pick one other teacher out of a police lineup, but Miss Johnson, I remember and appreciate that quote. And it probably meant a lot to you. It absolutely did. Even I though it had the backhanded it. compliment thing going. I, no, but I yeah. think she thought I would think that's funny, which I did. Yes. All right, whenever we can work it in, I have a quote about me from a teacher, too. Okay. But let's... Table it or fire it off. Let's stick to the plan right now. Okay. Write that down, Shoopy. Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Just messing with you. But someone write it down for real. Um, Okay, so... So we're working into, like, high school years? Yeah, left uh, my dad... uh, Oh, God, I forgot. See, the whole thing on my dad would be a different different thing. But he left Popeye's Racing, and he got a job with Wellcraft Marine, which is located in Sarasota. So obviously the family uproots, we go to Sarasota. And um, this will be a story for a different time. But he then uh, did a couple of races for Wellcraft. Oh, I can't even get into it. He basically won the world championship at Wellcraft and beat his own Popeye boat, the, the company that he had left, in the world championship. And he did so with Don Johnson, the guy from Miami Vice, as the driver of the boat. Wow. It's it's pretty insane. He beat Don Johnson. No, he raced with Don Johnson oh. and won the world championships in 1989, I believe. And the boat he had to beat was his own creation, the Popeye boat. Did which, he find that satisfying? Which was the most <laughs> dominant boat in offshore history. And... No doubt wow. he found that quite satisfying. This all sounds symbolic in certain ways. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Okay, so so high school. Yes. Uh same thing, pain in the ass, terrible grades. But still in still in it, Miami. This is area. In Sarasota. Okay. Went to high school, Riverview High School in Sarasota, Florida, right near Siesta Key, which has got their own MTV show now and all that. Cool. And my mom, Vita, who is listening and is absolutely Hi, where we get if anything that comes out of my mouth is funny or creative, it, most of it comes from my mom's side because she is, she's incredible and she's still with us. She's going to celebrate her 80th birthday on Halloween of this year. Oh my gosh. And, uh, shout out to Vida. Sweet Vida is, is the love of my life. So and she will carve out a little spot on this show. I know oh, she will because she, she's she that entertaining. Finds a way, right? Yeah. Okay. So college. Uh, I, I tried to go to, I didn't, my grades wouldn't allow me to get into any colleges. I went to a couple local colleges, community colleges, and flunked out of them. Uh, was just jaying around Sarasota for a while, and I think I got a lot of encouragement, aggressive encouragement, encouragement from my dad and my mom to enlist in the United States Air Force, which I ultimately did. Need some structure, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that... Uh, Took me to Lackland Air Force Base here in Texas. That would have been my second visit to the great state of Texas in my life. The first being a boat race that my dad had in Corpus Christi, I remember. Wow. But uh, training was at Lackland. Where's that? Uh, San Antonio. Oh, okay. Lackland is outside that? of San Antonio. Gotcha. 
And then there's a day in uh, when you get done with basic training and you go to tech school where you learn whatever craft you're going to do. You get to sort of pick your job. The uh, recruiter showed me a picture of a airman in a full uniform holding a golf club. And I said, if you can get me that job, I will sign up for your your, your little Air Force. Uh-huh. And then how'd that go? I was in that field. I did not get that job. <laughs> I ended up working at the base hotel at uh, Davis Monthan Air Force Base in Tucson, Arizona. What were you doing at the hotel? Uh, working the front desk a lot, and then you did some organization of like uh, commanders' trips in and out, and just making sure that high-ranking people's room situation was was sorted out and uh, visitors to the base. So overall, fairly low-level job. Great. Did you have to use the word sir a lot? I used the word sir a lot. I saluted a lot. I had my uniform on, Mike. Were you squared away? Uh, probably the minimal amount of accepted squared away in a military uniform you can be, I was. What was the food like? I remember it being decent. There was a, a porridge cow hall on base. No, it was better than that. Mm-hmm. The food was all right. In basic training, the food sucked. Mm. And was basic, the food laced with saltpeter? <laughs> the, the, allegedly, in basic training, it was laced with saltpeter. I <laughs> cannot confirm that. But I do recall not uh, going number two for about four-plus days in basic training, and no one in my flight did. And I don't know if that was huh. some sort of natural of the food? food or body response or nerves, or I don't know what it was. Wow. But it was a consistent thing across the board. for. Was it a scary place? Basic training? Yeah. <sighs> kind of, but I kind of found the humor in it, mm-hmm. <laughs> which the... Uh, Training instructors probably didn't appreciate. <laughs> like you were joking around with them, you were. I would try. Uh, he just time. wasn't taking it seriously. I, I was taking yeah. it very seriously, but I also found the humor in it. I mean, there's a guy yelling at me who's like four years older than me, mm-hmm. and he's acting like the hardest he dude in the world. Right. And I'm like, I don't know. I did you make some friends there? I made a handful of friends, and one of my uh, very good friends, Matt McHugh, is probably listening right now, and he and his family just recently, a year or two ago, moved from Arizona to DFW, and I was probably the only, for uh, Raytheon he works for, and I'm probably the first, only person he knew when he moved here, and we golf regularly, and we're friends to this day, so yeah. I feel like that'd be a bond unlike anything else, you know, going through all of that together and confiding in each other. And... Sort of. It wasn't quite as that dramatic. Okay. And I met him in uh, at the base in, in Tucson, not in basic training. Uh-huh. But. Okay, so how do you, like, leave that situation? How does that work? You get kicked to the curb? No, no, no. You do your, you, you do your time, you do your and time then you're and just leave. kind of pushed out, and you're yeah, on your own. they and try to get you to stay, and you try to leave. And I hung around Tucson a little bit after that. Mm-hmm. And I realized I need to do the stupid college thing. I am a resident of the state of Arizona. I need to get away from all these people that I'm partying with and having fun with because I was, whatever, 23 years old. And I got in a car and I drove to Flagstaff, Arizona, which is four hours north of Tucson. I knew literally zero people. I go, this is my plan. I'm packing all my stuff. I'm driving up there and I'm starting college. And if I don't know anybody, maybe I'll get decent grades for a few months or a year until I eventually start having fun. And I did just that. I graduated pretty quickly in four years with pretty much a 3-0. Like I had really good grades. And I also had the time of my life, Flagstaff, Arizona, right near the Grand Canyon, one of the most beautiful cities in America. It is not desert. It looks like Colorado. Um, it's heaven. I go there and I get teary-eyed. Just the smell of it, the, the trees. That's wonderful. It's uh, it's gorgeous. You must have taken this very seriously. What the college? Yeah. It it and I don't maybe credit the military. I don't know, but I I found it infinitely easier than my first couple swings at community college. 
So from that point, we got about a minute left. This is do we want to carry? Do we want to carry this over? No, yes, we want to carry I think this. This, this is insane to insane carry this stuff. over. No, 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 we're carrying You're this. You're the over. host of this dang show, and we need to learn about you. All Not right, for a full hour. Yep, it's happening. It's right. Coming up next. All right. <laughs> Hey, it's Mike Reiner here. The last few years have been tough. Everybody knows that because people can't sleep. Their nerves are on edge. There's addictive drugs and medicine. They make people slaves to prescriptions. But there's a way around this. TheTrustedLab.com. That's right. TheTrustedLab.com. It is CBD made in America, lab tested, delivered right to your door. CBD of the highest quality from TheTrustedLab.com. They're a proud Texas company. I know you've heard about them. I know them. They're great people. If you want to sleep better, feel better, go to thetrustedlab.com. The Downbeat on 97.1 The Freak. Yes. Got that right. It is The Downbeat. It is 97.1 The Freak. This is our third day of existence. The downbeat consists of myself, Mike Reiner, Mike Saroy, over there regaling us with tales of Florida and the Air Force. Most interesting man in the world. Oh, tell me about it. Seriously. I, I should be that interesting. <laughs> I bet you are. We'll delve into more on your life later, but right now the spotlight is on our Mike Saroy right. as we get well, to know everybody. Only for a few more minutes, though. we got some baseball to talk about here in a little bit. Yeah. I'd rather talk about you. No, I have some funny baseball audio in about uh, 30 uh-huh. minutes or so. And after that, Baseball Jesus once again. We're going to talk about the big one yesterday with Aaron Judge getting the home run done mm-hmm. at the ballpark that last night. One. I was trying to get the dude who caught the ball on with us. Not, not looking good? Uh, I don't know. No? <laughs> yeah. Not happening yet, anyway. Not happening yet. If it does, we'll audible and pop him on. Although he might be at the game today. Maybe. You know? You would assume he's a, get you another one. a big fan to be there in a moment like that. Yeah. Okay, so we were at... Uh, you had exited the Air Force. Yeah, again, if you're just tuning in, we're doing this as a getting to know you. I feel kind of silly. No. Uh, Right now, but we did Mike Reiner yesterday, and we're just sort I of. I felt uh, silly then. Yeah, just explaining if who the heck you're listening to, yeah. and hopefully you're going to be a part of this familia for a long time. Exactly. And why not get to know each other? If you're listening. You're part of the Downbeat family, and it helps if you know a little bit more about the person that you're going to be listening to every day from three to seven here yeah. on the Freak. So, um, so college was. Yeah, I, uh, about four years. I graduated from Northern Arizona University. Okay. Lumberjacks. Had some fun. Had a lot of fun. Now, how old were you by this time? I was a little older. Um, I was older in college, too. Were you? I'm older at everything, though. Yeah, because I was Air Force from probably age 19 to 23, something like that. And then I did think I did think I lingered around Tucson for a year. I worked at Ventana Canyon Golf Club and uh, where Kenny Lofton was a member. Oh, really? Yes. You you have a history yeah. with Kenny Lofton. Had a fateful interaction <laughs> with him one day. Yeah, he's a University of Arizona guy, and he was a uh, a member at this golf club. And I remember when I first saw him, I'm like, oh my God, I was, you know, I never worked in sports or anything at that point. I'm like, that's Kenny Lofton. Uh-huh. Was he interested when people talked? <laughs> like, 
kind of a I know one time when he won. <laughs> when he wasn't. <laughs> I don't recall his interest level. It was more just, uh, what time is my tea time? Here you go, Mr. Loft. There you Have go. a good day. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so you worked, got out of school, had some fun working at the golf club. Uh, yeah, that was after the Air Force, and again, went up to Flagstaff, went to college, uh, took up snowboarding in college because uh, there's a mountain. Mountains there. Mountain in Flagstaff, and... Uh, one of the only gifts I wanted from Sweet Vita every year was the uh, the season pass to go snowboarding mm-hmm. whenever we could. So you emerged from the snowboarding world, though, because some people go into that mountain world and never come out. I, I know a lot of people. Like, you work at the lift, you work at the yeah. restaurant, you work at the bar. It's a pretty awesome life, I would imagine. Yeah. I, I That was never too tempting for me. I, I love it, but I, I'm of the sea, Julie. Mm-hmm. The, the sea. Yes. The sea calls me. You are the sea cow. He's, yes, he's not known as the sea cow for nothing. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay. So, yeah, toward the end of college, actually, the last thing I had to accomplish was to complete an internship. And uh, I was sort of panicking because I had nothing lined up. And then I believe it was my mom, once again, who suggested that we have a friend um, named Scott Grogan, who was a former associate in the boat racing world with my dad. And Scott Grogan at that point was a high-level executive with Fox Television. Cool. Not to be confused with Fox News. It was Fox Television, the uh, the network that you know put on comedies and all that stuff. And he mm-hmm. said, if you can get out to L.A., I've got an internship for you. And my degree was in uh, communication, okay. public relations, so you were and interested advertising. in TV. I still at that point had zero plans on what I wanted to do. I wanted to screw around, laugh, and have fun every day of my life. Here we are. And here we damn are to cut to the end of the book. <laughs> um, but yeah, Scott Grogan said, come on out. We'll get you a, we'll get you a internship with Fox Television. I said, hell yes. So, uh, the Berger family was some f- family friends of ours lived in Glendale. They said, you can stay at our house free of charge, which is a big concern when you're moving to Los Angeles for any reason. And I would make the trek over, uh, Mulholland. And up and over the ma- the mountains into the valley to the Pico lot and work at Fox Television as an intern. My very first That's job so cool. there was yeah I, everything about it I felt like cool the big Fox yeah like I interned at Fox Sports Southwest and yeah. thought that was really cool yeah this you're was, at the big Fox this was the big one where there's the mo- the movie sets or the I don't even know what you call them big I don't know what you call them the stages. sound stage yes, thank you sound stages everywhere where they're shooting television shows and there's golf carts with Theoretically, people you recognize going around, and I'm just like big nerd. Well, did you recognize them? Uh, no. I can't. Hang on. I'm sorry. I can't. No, no, I can't remember. I hung you up. No, Luis Guzman. You know the actor Luis Guzman. Yeah, I'll show you. You definitely recognize him. He is uh, that guy. Oh hell yes, I know him. Yeah, Luis Guzman has been in multiple. Oh yeah. Multiple TV shows and movies. Uh, was one of the few. What are you in, in that, uh, show about the motorcycle guys? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I can't think of the name. Hot can't Rod? think of the name of it. No. I mean, he's got a stacked IMDb. Every person hearing my voice would know him immediately. Immediately Traffic, when they saw him. Nights, Traffic, punch, he was amazing. Drunk Love. Yes, uh, Count of Monte Cristo. I yeah. saw him in all of those things. Yeah. Okay, so he was a big deal. So you would see him cruising around in the golf cart? And he's going to be in the upcoming TV series Wednesday as Gomez Adams. All right. But anyway, he would be outside of his set. He was on a TV show called Luis at the time. And he would be out there smoking a lot. And I would go out there and we had some pleasant conversations. So that's as Whoa. close as I got to befriending a celebrity. What, what were your tasks as intern? My... 
<laughs> my first few weeks to date this was I was I separated fan mail for people that performed and acted on Fox television shows and 99 plus percent of the mail that I separated was going to either Clay Aiken of American Idol <laughs> I remember Clay Aiken or the Velvet Teddy Bear Ruben Studdard of American Idol Both the American Idol guys It was the fall I suppose of American Idol when it was I think that was their first it season It was so huge It was so huge right out of the gate and they were Heading toward a showdown, and I so much. I went home with glitter on my hands every day because these envelopes were glittered up, and it was all Clay Aiken or uh, Ruben Stutter. And they had like all these other popular shows yeah. there at Fox, but everybody wanted to send fa- fan mail uh, to Clay Aiken hottest, and Ruben Stutter. The hot zone was most definitely American Idol when I was there, and I would uh, separate the mail and then deliver big uh, like mail. Mailbox type things or mail carrier things to the studios. I never saw or met either of them or, okay. or anyone. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. But a lot of mail separation, a lot of printing. Yeah. Uh, when you're in the publicity world, you want to see where your shows are getting mentioned. So I would have to find them in magazines and stuff and print them out and then give them to the publicists to show, hey, look what a good job you're doing. You're in Us Weekly and Entertainment Weekly and you're all over the place. You're doing great. Mm hmm. So was the hope to stay there or to stay in that industry? Again, not really because I only did it because it was an internship that fell on my lap. It sounded like a yeah. cool internship. But the next thing you know, you're in Los Angeles, sort of in the entertainment world, uh, trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I befriended uh, Jill Hudson, who was a publicist at Fox uh, Broadcasting. And she, one of her accounts was to do publicity for The Simpsons. And she... Uh, tasked me with the job, my first job that I did for The Simpsons at all, was I had to write the bylines in TV Guide. So oh, cool. TV Guide was a big thing. It would just I say the, the Simpsons, Guide. and there would be like one line that may have had a joke in it to explain the episode. Kind of a lot of pressure. And I, the only one I remember that I did, it was Homer doing something where there was a bear chasing him, right? And he's mm-hmm. this bear he needed to escape from. And it was something along the, line of, uh, along the lines of uh, Homer tries to uh, evade the elusive bear claws, dot, 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 mmm, bear claws. <laughs> so I wrote that, which I'm like, it sounds like a Simpsons joke, and I gave it to her, and she's like, effing perfect. She sent it to TV guy, and that became my job then. You nailed the, it. I guess I nailed it for the you remainder. You yourself some more bylines. I'm, I'm an intern writing bylines in the TV guy. I'm like, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. They um, probably knew at that point, this guy's got a little something. Yeah. Did you ever write fake bylines? No. I don't even remember <laughs> another one that I did, but that's the only one I recall doing. But part of it was you got to be part of the parties for launching new shows. Um, and again, I was lowest level, so sometimes I was literally the guy with the clipboard and the velvet rope just making sure these executives show up and uh, booking cars for them whatnot. Um, I was at the Arrested Development launch party, which cool. is one of my favorite shows of all time. I was at the launch party for uh, The Simple Life with uh, Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie, which was a pretty hot show when it launched. I remember that. Did you get to rub shoulders with them I at all? I may have smoked a cig near Nicole Richie outside of some swanky yeah. club, but that's about it as close like as I got there. A lot of oh, yeah, cigs. a lot of cigs. Uh, Who is she? That's Lionel Richie's daughter. 
Oh, okay. Nicole Richie, her and uh, Paris Hilton did a show where those, these oh, two yeah, L.A. Yeah. debutantes yeah, I I go out to a like, farm and try to live like real people for a yeah. few months. It was like right when reality shows were really exactly. getting huge. Yeah, I tried to avoid all that. Yep. I bet. Did a I damn bet. good job of it, too. So you got to do some really cool things. Very cool. One of them was a television show no one's ever heard of called A Minute with Stan Hooper, and that starred the great Norm MacDonald. Hell yeah. And I got to go to a party with Norm MacDonald and Fred Willard, who's one of my all-time favorite uh, comedians. The great Fred Willard. That's the only time I ever asked a celebrity any of it for anything, and I got Fred Willard to do my voicemail on my flip phone. And he did a line from either Best in Show or one of the ones. Uh, he's like, "Hey, it's was my- he cool about it?" Uh, dude, he was so cool. It was, hey, what happened? That's what, I don't know which, which one of the Christopher Guest movies that's from, but it's a cheesy line. I don't know if that's Best in Show or, um, anyway, one of the other ones. But he Can left. Do it again? No. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Why not? Come on. Was, hey, what happened? That's <laughs> good. Because <laughs> that was his fake catchphrase from a whatever, doesn't matter. Okay. But he left the, this is Mike, and leave him a All message. Alright, next time you see Mike Saroy out in the wild, ask okay. him to say that on your voicemail. There you go. <laughs> He literally said, hey, this is Mike. If you leave a message, you could tell him, hey, what happened? <laughs> and it was Fred Willard doing this. I was like, oh, my God. So much so That's that awesome. I still have that flip phone in a drawer at my house somewhere only because if I can get a battery charger to revive it, it might bring still that voicemail it? back to life. I have no idea. That's amazing. And Fred Willard has passed away as well. So, But Norm MacDonald was there, and these dudes, we, like, pounded beers together. Like, not just me, like, everyone that was there. It wasn't, like, a swanky launch party. This was, like, let's get drunk and have fun and have a laugh. And as everyone probably that's ever met him would tell you, Norm MacDonald just coolest, coolest dude. Yeah. I did not feel like an intern that Love day Love that all. guy. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So did you want to be a celebrity at that point? Like, were you like, this is awesome. I want to I be the one that's think, having the party and I not the one I don't, getting their food. I don't think so. Yeah. I Realistically, it's so impossible. It's just such a one in a million lottery ticket. And then you have to be stunningly good looking in, in eight out of ten cases. Which or you are. Yeah, so check that box. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the other two boxes. The remaining yeah, two yeah. That, that did me in. So you were probably at a point where you're like, okay, now what? Yeah, yeah. But the point is I did so well with Jill Hudson and the Simpsons account that she referred me to the Simpsons executives and I did get a job with the Simpsons, the TV show. Job, job. A uh, real okay. job. Getting paid uh, not very much. But I was essentially an executive assistant for uh, a woman who was an executive. I was just handling phone calls, messages, booking cars, uh, incredibly low-level work. Mm-hmm. What was Homer Simpson like? Well, I can tell you. <laughs> because one of the things I realized very quickly is Wednesdays, all employees for The Simpsons go to a table read. I didn't even know what that was. But I'm like, all right, cool. Table read. Let's go. Wednesday. So... We walk into this room, and every Simpsons writer is sitting on half of this gigantic table, and all these Simpsons voiceover cast are sitting on the other side of this table, with Matt Groening, who's the creator of The Simpsons, sitting right in the middle, and Al Jean, who's the showrunner of The Simpsons, sitting right across from him. Why would they need a schmuck like me in this room? The point mm-hmm. is, this is the first read of a new script, and they want to get some genuine laughter reaction from regular people. Like the writers, you know, if you write something like, is this funny? I don't know. I think it's funny. And these guys are all Ivy League psychopaths. Uh-huh. And then the voiceover actors at this point are millionaires that don't really care. They're just like, I'm reading my lines. 
Um, so they had all the low-level people to sit in a ring around this table and sort of just see what they laugh at, see uh-huh. what works, see what plays. Test study. Yeah. So I remember a focus group. Yeah. A focus group, exactly. So I How many in, were there? Uh, people in the focus group? Yeah. Probably 25, 30. Okay. So you're one of 25 or 30. I didn't know I was, but yes, I was. So I walk in, I grab a script. And I mean, my hands are shaking. I mean, there's Hank Azaria, and there's Dan Castellaneta, the dude who does do Homer, and uh, uh, Harry Shearer, who I already spoke my affinity for the Christopher Guest movies. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, and it's all quiet, no no talking, and everyone kind of opens the thing, and then the first line is Homer Simpson, and I'm looking at my my script, and I hear... I hear what I immediately thought was that dude does the best Homer Simpson I've <laughs> ever heard in my life is my first thought. And I look up and it's Dan Castellaneta doing Homer at a table in the room I'm sitting in. Wow. And looking at his picture, he doesn't look like Homer. He doesn't look like Homer. At all. And he hasn't done too much other stuff, although he's an incredible actor. And he did appear on Arrested Development. don't need to do much else. Oh, he does not need to do After much else. After you've been Homer Simpson. Winona Ryder? Allison Taylor, it says she was. I don't I'm just know. looking at everybody that was in it. Aaron Paul. I mean, guest stars, there are a thousand. Aaron Paul was in that? Apparently. Conan O'Brien. Yeah, lots no, and lots. everyone has done a VO for The Simpsons. Everybody. So I guess they all go on to the But the, the primary cast, cast is, you know, Julie Kavner and Nancy Cartwright is Bart. I will say most of them are oh, very yeah. low profile. Nancy does Bart. But Nancy Cartwright does Bart, and she has a she had like a gold, like a Corvette, and she had a vanity plate that said HVACW, which is have a cow. Like she fully embracing her Bart Simpson, and she'll bust it out in line at the store, and you know. Man, I mean, everyone loved Bart Simpson. Yeah. You were probably like Bart Simpson when you were a kid. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe so. Okay, so you were there for how long doing uh, that? Probably a, two years. And I did get to meet and rub elbows with a lot of the writers, and I got to walk into the writers' room as they were doing stuff, and I would have ideas and stuff, but I never got to the point where I actually pitched anything that was a contribution to The Simpsons, really, in any way. Would they know you today if they saw you? Uh, I think Joel Cohen, who is one of the writers, would remember me, because his office was kind of right next to mine, and he, I would crack him up. Oh, you had an office? My executive's office, with my little room outside of it, where I... Set up her meetings and stuff. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So but you would make him laugh. I would make the one writer laugh, and he always kind of dug me. I think we've even maybe exchanged emails in the last ten years or really? so. But but so you probably could have like seeked out a writing job. I, I for one of these shows. Not really. No, I don't think so. I you was know not, what a star you are now. I am by far a bigger star now than I ever have been in my life. Does he know that? I don't think so. I've not alerted the, the Simpsons writers to let them know what got away. <laughs> you, <laughs> you could need have to. I think they're doing okay. Come on, man. Yours. You need to. So, where, so is this where the crossover then happened that brought you to DFW? Pretty much. I worked a couple other, other uh, television-style jobs. In uh, I worked for Twisted Pictures, the company that produced Saw, the movie Saw, okay. Jigsaw, uh-huh. and uh, did some other stuff for the E! Network, but nothing of, of note. And then ultimately I was like, I don't... I don't want to do this. I don't want to. I don't aspire to succeed here because yeah. it's very fake and very. It's all all the cliches. Plus the damn traffic. Yeah. I lived in El Segundo at that time. It took me over an hour to get nine miles to and from work. Um, and I just. Man, I don't see how those people do it. No, it's cliche, but the traffic will kill yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, so at what point did you say, "Screw it all, I'm moving to Dallas"? My brother was here, and he worked in sports, and I'm like, I. 
Got my little degree. I got a resume with a couple interesting things on it. Like, I'd rather try to go work in sports mm-hmm. and, you know, entertainment somewhere else. I came and visited him. Uh, he had the ticket on in the car the minute I landed. And I could tell that he loved it. And uh, had a, I had a great trip. I met a few people that worked at Fox Sports Southwest, including our buddy Joel Grunberger. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, we could probably get you some part-time hours doing uh, font coordinating or yep. running the camera or whatever the lowest level stuff is. I'm like, it was 25 bucks an hour. I'm like, that's pretty damn good. I can make that work. And, uh, it was good at the time. And hell yeah, it was. I got for editing yes. highlights. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> so packed my crap and destination Dallas, Texas. What kind of car did you have? I had a Jeep Grand Cherokee that Jeep I bought. Guy. I bought Jeep guy that I bought when I was moving up to Flagstaff because I knew it was a mountain town. I'm like, I need four wheel drive apparently. And I've never lived in a mountain before. Did you haul all your mattresses and end tables and stuff like that yeah. back of that Jeep Grand Cherokee? Uh, I bought, I got a U-Haul and put the Jeep Grand Cherokee on a trailer and hauled balls, destination Dallas, Texas. Ah, okay. Pulled into the village where my new apartment was and everybody where like everybody goes. Swing yep. through the village yep. at one point or another. Although I never did that. You never, no. never no. went to the village. Never did. It's not over yet. Didn't. Ha- That's right. It's not. <laughs> Damn, not over. Still sure time. as hell is not. There's still time. So you were doing TV stuff at Fox and maybe just kind of trying to figure out what was going to come of it all. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then I remember I saw on MySpace of all places, it was the ticket logo and said, "Want to work here?" I got in touch with Mark Friedman, and because he knew Cash and thought Cash was creative and funny on TV or whatever he was doing, that definitely got my, my foot in the door. Past possibly some other candidates and i started doing weekend tickers i remember i was so scared first weekend ticker shift i almost left i almost left 15 minutes before the <laughs> first ticker. Trade? yeah i was just like i just want to go i'm too scared really what were you scared oh. of just a little ticker well yeah now it seems like that but at the time it's really really scary well, who were you scared of you came from la yeah yeah it's, it's all Man, very different you'd already won up to all of us <laughs> i've never won up anyone in my whole life uh, but I stuck around to tickers and ended up getting a job there and I love had that. the absolute time of my life and again, completely indebted to the ticket for yeah. every if I have anything, which is not much, but it's given me it's led to this opportunity and and look at us. Live on ninety seven one the free. You did it, yay Mike. That's awesome. I love so that. Stick story. around. I'll tell you one more hour worth of stuff because this is really interesting. <laughs> tell us about your day yesterday, <laughs> hour interested. by hour. Uh, no, we do have some fun coming up next. It is fun drive when you're in your car on your way home, and I have some secret audio, and it's Ranger related, and I think Mike Reiner is going to find it very, very interesting. But first. How do you talk so much, so quickly in a whole segment? You're in good health, and that's because I visit the Low T Center. A lot of people talking testosterone, but uh, you got to do your homework. You can't just pull into a strip mall and be like, hello, can I? Can you help me? Go to the place that's reputable. Go to the place I trust, and I recommend the Low T Center. That's where I get my levels checked because what they do is exclusively specialize in men's wellness. They check all your levels, not just your testosterone, and they determine the cause of any symptoms you're having and figure out why you're putting on some weight, why you have low uh, energy, why the bedroom's not rocking like it should be, and they'll figure out what it is. They check everything. Maybe your PSA, your prostate levels, thyroid, liver, kidney function, cholesterol, glucose levels, and so much more, Michael. Low T Center has affordable and convenient options for treatment, including monitored self-inject treatment, that ships directly to you each month. Make your health a priority. Schedule your annual health assessment at Low T Center today. Covered by most health insurance and less than $100 cash pay, go to LowTCenter.com 
To book your, book your appointment online, that's LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. This is the downbeat on 97.1 Freak. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Such a sexy, sexy, pretty little thing. This table bitch, you got me sprung with your toe ring. And I ain't gonna lie, cause your loving gets me high. Yeah. So to keep you by my side, there's nothing I that do. I won't try. No, I didn't know that. That guitar and bass part from a song called Pretty Little Diddy. Whoa, right? Stupid. Find your own way, you're a genius. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Mikey. I'm ready. Have you ever heard of something called the Sam Griffith Ocean Powerboat Race? I don't believe I have. Sam Griffith? Mm-hmm. Ocean Power Bro- No. Yes. No. There's an article in the February 9, 1967 sports section of the New York Times chronicling this. This record, or this race, had a record set in it, a record time set of three hours, 30 minutes, and 30 seconds by none other than Bill Saroy of Miami. <laughs> wow. Yes. Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's awesome. before my time, clearly, um, and he raced in multiple disciplines, and I know I'm not aware of that one. That's that's cool. Yes, in the New York Times, no New York less. Times. We do have a a lot of frame stuff at home and articles and uh God, I don't recall that one though. That's okay. awesome. Just Someone start... send that to you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. The ones I re- remember learning about was he won the uh Tunnel Boat World Championship in I think 1969 and 1970, which were both on Lake Havasu. Um and Tunnel Boat Racing was a was Where's that? Lake Havasu's Arizona. Okay. Or, Nevada? Yeah, right. Between Arizona and Nevada? Yeah, sure. What's that's the, where the London Bridge is. Uh-huh. They disassembled the London Bridge and reassembled it in. What's tunnel boat racing? It's a single person in a boat, like a very small catamaran. Okay. That I think sort of has a little tunnel that goes through the middle. Hmm. I believe. Sounds intense and scary. Anyway, that like, just came my way. I just oh, had to mention dude, it. I love it. That's that's awesome. Come on. I love that stuff. There, There's a video of some of his crashes that... It's not online or anything, but, you know, he's had multiple boat crashes, including like a tunnel boat, the air getting under it and flying up through the air and landing upside down. And it's odd to think the mayhem that that he was into for the 30 years before I was born that somehow he survived and led to us. Led to little Mikey. Led to the downbeat. (laughs) Led to the downbeat. It really did. Led to Glenn. (laughs) Yes. There'd be no Glenn. Yes, without him, there's no Glenn. (laughs) No Glenn. true. We need him. Well, that's very sweet. Thank you. That's cool. Well, let's have some fun, Groobs. It's time for... Wednesday is through. Gonna circle back tomorrow. Coffee. Key card. Chair. Phone Chair. Coffee. Key card. Chair. That's the only reason we do that. That is the only reason we do it. That's wonderful. Three's enough. We're gonna circle back tomorrow. That's what people do, Michael. Yes, it is. Uh Mike Reiner, what is your favorite sport? Uh, my favorite sport? I don't know. I love them all. 
Well, if you only had to choose one. If I had to choose one, it probably would be baseball. Of course, that's the one I'm most closely associated with. So, Baseball. It's kind of the one I've got to say. So, okay, baseball. Mm-hmm. Julie, write down the I can't kill baseball. the bit. Baseball. She wrote baseball. Yeah, write okay. down baseball. And if you take Major League Baseball primarily, mm-hmm. and if you had to choose between all the Major League Baseball teams, which team is your favorite baseball team? Um, That would be the Texas Baseball Rangers, I would think. Okay. Well, put that down. Got it Texas. done. You can just write Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. R-A-N-G-E-R-S. Uh-huh. There it is. She's actually fake typing. I'm really I appreciate typing. appreciate that. <laughs> did you actually write those down? I did. <laughs> I did. She did I have not. notes. You didn't have to. You know what? That was a bit of a setup. I knew that was your answer. I knew both those were going to be your answers. Because you, sure you did. love the Rangers. That's right. I am on record. I would assume. In fact, I need to get on record here. In yeah. this Lower that scene, music in this format. It's out. Do it. And it's time Ready? to get on record. I love the Rangers. Man, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> I'm writing that down. You think that's a close replication, <laughs> Shoopy? That's, that's close enough, but I don't think it's a full-on replication. <laughs> no. So I think we're legally okay. It's brand new. Different. <laughs> Do you How can I make it better? <laughs> no, it's perfect. Fart at the end? I don't know. <laughs> That's your job, right? <laughs> well, I know you love the Rangers, and I I love you on that wall. And anytime anything happens in Rangerland, I immediately think of you. And frankly, we're going to talk about what happened just yesterday in Rangerland in our very next segment. We're going to talk to Baseball Jesus. We're going to talk about Aaron Judge. We'll talk about the madness of the ballpark, the guy who caught the thing, all the excitement. We'll do that in like 20 minutes or so. But right now, it's something else. Because your return to the airwaves here in DFW is major news, right? Yes. It is to me. It it's is to Julie. In the Dallas Julie. Morning News. Like, in every outlet. Right you a, now. You had Brett Ship mm-hmm. in here shooting you not too long ago. Big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal to me and most everyone I know it's a big deal too. But I was kind of wondering. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I of do. course. And when any Ranger, whether it be Glenn Otto or Brock Burke or Nathaniel See, Lowe. Glenn. There's Glenn. Oh! <laughs> Damn. This is all coming together. Maybe Glenn. Martin Perez. If something happens to them, you're aware of it and you're excited for them, right? You feel good. Yeah. I was... I was wondering the following question. Are those Rangers, perhaps even the ones we just listed, happy about your return to the airwaves here in DFW? Um, I rather doubt that they're aware of it. Well, I say here on Fun Drive, here on 97.1 The Freak, we find out. Groobs, play number one. I'm here with Rangers catching coach Bobby Wilson. Bobby, have you heard the news that Mike Reiner's coming back to radio? No. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about it? No. <laughs> have you have you been missing him on the airwaves or? No. <laughs> who who's who's coming back? <laughs> Mike Reiner, the old gray wolf. Oh, the old gray wolf. Yeah. Is it a wolf or a wolf? <laughs> a wolf? Wolf. Okay. Yeah. Some people say wolf back in Florida. Yeah. yeah. So it's not the wolf. No. It's the wolf. The wolf. Okay. Yeah? Yeah, still no. no. <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. <laughs> oh, man. Bobby Wilson. Yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, hit me one more. <laughs> Emily? Yes, yeah. Emily. I love it. Okay. Oh, she does the squeak laugh. Really? It's my favorite version. Oh <laughs> boy! Might be our first drop. I think it is. So who's that ca- uh, bullpen catcher, Bobby uh, Wilson? I believe catching coordinator. Catching coordinator. Yeah. Catching coach. Catching coordinator was a backup catcher here for a few years, and 
Just about every manager who's been here that knows him wants him here. Really? Yeah. Okay. But it sounds like a busy man. Yeah. So it's understandable that he may have missed the biggest news happening in DFW yeah. the last couple of weeks. Got some games to win. Uh, let's give somebody a chance who has one day of work and then four days off. How about a pitcher? How about, okay. how about Glenn Otto? Let's how about what, Glenn Otto? Let's see what Glenn Otto Glenn. Okay, I'm here with Rangers pitcher Glenn Otto. And, Glenn, I I wanted to be the one to tell you that Mike Reiner is coming back to radio. What do you think? It's awesome. Yeah? Can't believe it. I know. Are you so stoked? <laughs> so excited. How much have you missed him? Like, so much? Yeah, we miss him so much around here. Yeah. I don't know how we're doing our job on a daily basis without him. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, you know, some people call him Mike. Some people call him, you know, Reiner. Some people call him the Old Gray Wolf. What's What's, what's your favorite name for Mike? Uh, actually, I like the Rhino. The Rhino? Yeah, the Rhino. Mike the Rhino. You yeah. know? That's, that's my personal favorite, but okay. uh, uh, maybe we need to blow that one up a little bit. Well, congratulations. I'm really glad that I'm the one that got to share this news with you. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, just made my day. Yeah. Made my day. Absolutely. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. No idea. No, not, nobody does. No one. It's a guy who used to do radio, like, but he retired like five years ago, and now he's coming back. So it's a total bit. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Supposed to cut all that end part off. I like the rhino. No, no, no. That end part needs to be heard. I like the rhino. (laughs) Rhino. I love it. Amazing. Glenn would get it. He's a Glenn. Yeah, Glenn he's a Glenn. Issue that he's one of us. Yeah. He's, he's one of us. He's one of us. We're have him on the show. He'd be drinking free. Just because he's Glenn. Anytime uh, at our next remote. That's I've, right. I've offered to buy anytime drinks. Anytime a Glenn shows up. For any and all Glens. You did? Yeah. You're buying. I'm buying drinks for any, you anyone who has that? a, Glenn's of a state-issued driver's license or passport. That says Glenn on it. I'm Are you going drinks. to demand two forms of identification? Uh, you know what? I'm pretty easy. One form. Okay. Or if you just look me in the eye and I believe you and you're like, my name's Glenn. Mm-hmm. He's easy. You yeah. can get away with that. I'm yeah. very easy. All right. We're 0 for 2. Let's go. Let's get somebody. What do you think? Let's stay on the Let's mound. Go, we'll, we'll go for three here for sure. No, no. We're going to stay on the mound. How will we see if Brock Burke is excited about the old mm-hmm. gray wolf? All right. Now, I hope he is. Because I love Brock Burke. You love Brock Burke. Yes. Out of everything that's gone on in Ranger baseball this year, he's about the best thing. Okay. Let's find out if Brock Burke loves Mike Reiner. All right. We're here with Texas Rangers reliever Brock Burke. And I just wanted to know, Brock, have you heard the news that Mike Reiner is coming back to radio? I have not heard the news. You've just told me. How do you feel about it? I feel great. Good for Mike. Congrats on the comeback. (laughs) Uh, Are you familiar with Mike's work? I am not. I now know he's a radio guy, though. So, (laughs) Very smart guy. You put two and two together. Uh, Any words of wisdom you want to share with Mike as he makes his return to radio after a a relatively short hiatus, and he's getting a little old. So anything you want to say to him? Uh, welcome back, Mike, and whatever made your temporary hiatus, don't do that anymore so that you stay on radio. Awesome. Thank you, Brock. That's good advice. Yeah. Hey. Well, he seems like a great guy. You stay right here on the radio. Brock like Burke you told too. you to. Yeah. That's our guy. That's our ranger. Did That's our a, guy. I don't know if you pulled it, but I may have got a funny Brock Burke laugh in there. Might have to get that. Yeah, you can take a look-see. <laughs> Brock Burke. Yes. Did not know. But he's good. Best of wishes to you. Like he seems. I your, appreciate that. He's in your corner. Mm-hmm. That was genuine. All right, let's go to first base. What do you say? Let's do. We only have two more shots at this. Come on, people. I'm gonna go for six. 
Or is it five? five. Okay. I'm, right I'm now you're 0 for 5. 3 with three strikeouts. 0 for 5 like so many Rangers did this year. No. We're, we're trying to avoid the <laughs> golden sombrero here. Yes. By going, what, 0 for 4 with 4 Ks? Yep. Yeah. Is that what that is? 4? I think so. I think, I think so. that's the golden sombrero. <laughs> Let's check in with first baseman Nathaniel Lowe. Okay. Okay, I'm here with Nathaniel Lowe, the uh, legendary first baseman for the Texas Rangers. Legendary. Uh, did you hear the news that Mike Reiner is coming back to radio? I did not hear the news. You didn't? What are your What are your feelings now that I've shared that news with you? Uh, well, you know, honestly, Mike and I go back so far that, you know, it's just going to be really refreshing and it's going to be nice to have a, a, an old familiar face back in the office. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so do you like to call him Mike or do you call him the old gray wolf? Uh, you know, I called him Rhymeskins for years, but now that, uh, now that the gray wolf can make a resurgence, hopefully we can get off on a good, a good page, you know? Okay, well, congratulations on this. I know you're excited. Hey, now, now that I'm legendary for nothing, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I love it. It's almost like he knows who I am. Rhymeskins. Rhymeskins. <laughs> Rhino and Rhymeskins. If nothing I else. I like the Rhino. Rhymeskins. Yeah. Nicknames are us. Rhymeskins. That was kind of gross. It does sound kind of gross. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Sounds like some Kavanaugh stuff he was yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, does. it does. What's your worst nickname you've ever had? You've probably had dozens. Yeah, but none of them have stuck like the old gray wolf. You want to tell us that quick story? Because you told me the other day where that one came from. My um, baby mama. Mm-hmm. Then spouse mm-hmm. at the time used to call me Wolf because she said that I was rather wolfing with far more hair than I have now, mm-hmm. uh, beard, some of which was turning gray, and she said I looked rather wolfing, and she started calling me Wolf. Okay. And I never thought anything of it. It was just a name that she had for me, and... I thought that was it. Well, let's fast forward the tape a few years until the little ticket rolls around here. And one day, sometimes she and I would have to shuttle our young daughter back and forth, you know, at at daycare and all that while she was working and I was working trying to get the radio station off the ground and all. And sometimes I would have to go get her and bring her up to the radio station while, you know, her mom finished off her duties and everything. So it was that there was this one day when I went to get her and we're walking into the office and everything. There are a gaggle of people standing around cutting up and acting a fool the way they always do. And among these, this gaggle was one Gordon Keith. (laughs) So I've got her by the hand. We're walking in the office and everything. And I come up on this conversation that Gordon's having with several other people. And I just walk up on it. I'm not, I don't know what they're talking about. I'm just, you know, arriving onto the scene. And when I do, Gordon looks at me and says, Mike, does Renee have any pet names for you? Like he just sprung oh, that on Gordo. Yeah. yeah. As he will do. Mm-hmm. And. Clearly, that's the topic of conversation here, but I, how was I to know that? I'm just walking up here. Yep. Anyway, he says that, and I was caught kind of off guard by it, and I said, no, I don't think she does. 
And Jordan says, yes, she does. Mommy calls you the wolf. Imagine his eyes. And they probably loved that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So there it was, out into the mainstream before I knew it. The worst hands possible. Oh, the worst hands possible. Yes. (laughs) The worst hands possible. Before long, people are calling me that all over the place. And I didn't know how I felt about it at first, but I figured if I had a chance at making it go away, I probably, for me, the probably the best play would be to act like it didn't bother me. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way I did. That's what I did, and yet it did not go away. No, and it o- didn't. And over time, it morphed into the old gray in front of it. And by then, the cat was out of the bag. It was too late for me to do anything about it, even if I wanted to. So what do you do? Full embrace. Yeah, you embrace you lean it. in. Yeah, you lean in. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. Mm-hmm. It's about the coolest nickname ever, though. It's really cool. It's yeah, pretty perfect. I, I've come to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And now, the old gray wolf is back on the radio on 97 won The Freak. With Who the sea cow. would have thought it? And yes. The Texas Rangers are going wild. Yes, they are. They are so excited. <laughs> oh, they, they've been waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh. Pretty good. Is that Brock Burke, our friend? <laughs> okay. I like the last little All right. <laughs> our first entry to the laugh rotator. <laughs> well, unfortunately, Brock Burke, the pitcher, uh, didn't really know that you were returning to radio. Glenn Otto, the same. Nathaniel, no, unfortunately, was a no as well. Mm. Bobby Wilson. Yeah. We are 0 for 4 right now. Right. But those are just either coaches or baseball players. Mm-hmm. What we need is an all-star. Oh, yeah. We need 2022 all-star pitcher Martin Perez to weigh in on this. And let everyone around here, all of his fans, understand the significance of this return to radio. Which I'm sure is what he's about to do. (laughs) Let's fight. Hey, I'm here with Rangers all-star pitcher Martin Perez. Martin, have you heard the news? That Mike Reiner is coming back to radio. When? When he coming back? Uh, soon, like it's happening. Okay, fine. Yeah. What do you think about that? We're fine with that. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. Do you like to call him Mike, or do you like to call him the old gray wolf? The old gray wolf. That's what you like to call <laughs> yes. him. Yes. Yeah. You guys go way back, don't you? Yeah. 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 He's a good dude, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He Love has it. no earthly <laughs> idea. He's just going with it, though. Yeah, he, he was going with it. Along for the ride. Everyone needs to adopt the Martin Perez theory of Mike's return is, we fine with that. <laughs> we fine with that. <laughs> Hold on. I need that whole one again. Was it 45 seconds? I need Martin Perez again. Hey, I'm here with Rangers all-star pitcher Martin Perez. Martin, have you heard the news that Mike Reiner is coming back to radio? When when he coming back? Uh, soon, like it's happening. Okay, fine. Yeah, what do you think about that? We're fine with that. Yeah, it's okay. Do you like to call him Mike or do you like to call him the old gray wolf? The old gray wolf. That's what you like to call yes. him. Yes. Yeah. You guys go way back, don't you? Yeah. 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 He's a good dude, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's oh quite man, lovable. there's so much in there we need. <laughs> That's incredible. I love his first reaction, he got the question and 
when. <laughs> I need to know when. What is that? I need to write this then, on my calendar. And then I think she said soon or something. He goes, okay. <laughs> like, I gotta get the that. time parameters oh. sorted before I can register the news. What part of that can we not use? <laughs> We'll use all of That's it. That's a better question. <laughs> and how about Emily Jones? Oh, how about Emily Jones? I was thrashing poor Emily to get those done. She's like, I got it, Mikey. She killed it. She's oh, the best. God. I love Emily and no. I love Boy, the Rangers. Cheers to Emily well, in her last game that she's working of the season right now. Yep. Happy 162 day. Mm-hmm. Yes. Always a fun one. It's a big day. Well, there you go, Mike. Uh, I don't know. I'd say pretty good. I, you know, they're aware now, if if they weren't prior, yes, they are. that the old gray wolf is yeah. back every day on ninety seven won the freak and the old gray the wolf. Old gray wolf. <laughs> <laughs> we fine with that. We fine? <laughs> we fine with that. And we're we fine with talking a little more baseball, some real baseball, because uh, history did happen out at the ballpark last night. We'll take a look at the Aaron, Aaron Judge home run from a couple different angles. But first, Michael. Let's tell them about the Low T Center. I love the Low T Center. I've been to the, I've been to many of the Low T Centers, 10, 11 uh, Metroplex locations. You're never more than a few miles away from getting what you need done at the Low T Center. And what you need done is what they do, which is ex- uh, specialized in men's wellness. Go get your annual health assessment. It's probably covered by your health insurance. And that's where they're going to check everything. They are going to check your low testosterone or, or your regular testosterone. If you do, if you have fine testosterone, they're going to say, all right, cool, man, go home. You don't need us. But if it's low, they will come up with a treatment plan for you. They'll also check your PSA. That's your prostate levels. You should know that. Thyroid, should know it. Liver, kidney function, should know them. Cholesterol, 100%, you should know that one. Glucose levels and more, they check it all at the Low T Center. Low T Center has affordable and convenient options for treatment, including monitored self-inject treatment that ships directly to you each month. Make your health a priority. Schedule your annual health assessment at Low T Center today. It's covered by most health insurance or less than $100 cash pay. Go to LowTCenter.com to book your appointment online. That's LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. This is the downbeat on 97.1 The Freak. Indeed it is. You are listening to The Downbeat with Mike Saroy, the always lovely Julianne Dobbs. That's right. (laughs) And me, Mike Reiner. We're here for you, man. Holding forth in the afternoons. Rangers are going to get you a win today. Yep, sounds like. Yep. Unless the bullpen melts down, entirely possible. Has that been a problem? That's there been, the, been a to, lot of problems this year. If you had to diagnose the weakness of the 2022 Texas Rangers, what would you say it is? Gosh, where do you want to start? <laughs> okay, I was worried about that. But look. All right, we're del- delving off into something here. That's cool. The Rangers made it clear to us at the start of the year, to their credit... That they were going to be rebuilding. And when you rebuild, at the very least implied, if not explicitly stated, is you're probably not going to be very good. There probably are not going to be many wins. There's probably going to be no contention for the tournament or anything like that. That's just the way the rebuilds goes. What it is, is it's all about finding guys. 
That's what this whole season has been about. They're mm-hmm. looking for guys. They're looking for guys who might be a part of it when they're good again, which is probably not going to be next year either. Oh, come on, man. No, maybe. probably not. Give me something to care about. But a couple of years, then if we're not seeing an upturn in things by then, then then I don't know what that means. I don't know what it says. It says that the direction of this organization is so fablunged that they might as well just blow the whole thing <laughs> no. to high holy hell. No. <laughs> I hope they don't do that. They spilled out a ton of money for the big two free agents. That doesn't feel exactly like a rebuild. That feels like the the corner has been turned. And wasn't uh, the little run they made in the early aughts, or excuse me, 2011, whenever that the good the good times were, that was sort of right at the beginning of what we were told is a window that's opening. Yes. So that could be theoretically next year is the very beginning portion of an opening window. A lot of things are going to have to go right for that to come to pass. Like Kumar Rocker coming along. Like that. He made his debut what, yesterday? Yeah, like that, like Jack Leiter. Finding out what's gone wrong up there for him. He hasn't done anywhere near what they were hoping for. But getting those things squared away and starting to develop himself. And the other guys that they have in the farm system coming along and continuing their development. Now, they did find a few guys here that I think might be, you know, around when they're good again. Certainly Seeger and Simeon will, if for no other reason, reason because of their contracts. They gotta hang on to them, but mm-hmm. both of those guys have turned the thing around and had they not, I, I will submit that had they not had the utterly abysmal start to the season that both of those guys did, then the vibe surrounding this thing might be a little bit different. There might be a little bit more optimism, but when those guys tanked at the start of the year unexpectedly, but when that happened, that kind of killed whatever vibe of positivity there might have been around this team. I keep kind of forgetting, too, that they have to find a new manager, perhaps. Yep. That's kind gonna, of a big a big thing they have to check off the list. They're going to have to get that squared away. Or decide if they want to keep Beasley around in that role. Mm-hmm. But that's something that we need before we talk about, I feel like, if the Rangers are going to be good next year, who's going to be leading them? Yeah. And what's that guy all about? And I don't know what has gone on since Tony Beasley took over. I don't know what that means for him. Yeah. Everybody likes him. He is universally loved and admired in the organization. Uh, he had a bout, bout with cancer a few years ago. Everybody stood by him, mm-hmm. and he's just universally thought of as an awesome guy. Yeah. And it sounds like he is, too. I know Emily loves the cat. Yeah, mm-hmm. she does. Yeah. She loves him. And I think when, it, when he first inherited this job in the middle of the season. I know she thought he 100% wanted the job and wanted to hold on to it and was going to, you know, do everything he could to do that. I don't know if sentiments have changed or if that's where he stands, but I feel like he's somebody they'll keep around one way or the other. Well, regardless of what he thinks, the real question is what do they yeah. think? Yeah. You know, I mean, do they want him or are they going big name crazy here? They got to go out there and get a big name manager or something like that. Frequently, that takes the day with this bunch. Yep. Always has. What do they need? They need an old veteran manager, or do they need another guy that they think can connect to some of these younger players? Perhaps a former third base coach, an infield expert who has some Texas Rangers managing experience, a lot of excitement, knows how to wave runners home, 
and brought us to the World Series, to the promised land, the great no. Ron Washington. I will tell you this. Mm-hmm. If they want to get the fan base on board again, if they want to re-energize this thing, I would go out and get him. Oh, my God. Instant. Yes. I would let whatever bygones there are be bygones. I mean, a lot of the people are different now, right? Yeah, that's like, right. People change. Yeah. You know? And I don't know what was going on around that time. That's none of my business. It's nobody's business but his and his own peeps. But if they want to re-energize this thing, if they want to get people back into it again, if they want to create interest, who does that like him? Mm-hmm. And while he's at it, he's also really good at developing young players. Yeah. And getting them better. I mean, I see all kinds of reasons for them to do this and almost none not to. As a I like it. distant Ranger supporter, uh, I don't even want to say fan right now, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to lie, but if they were entering the playoffs right now, I'd probably have a red shirt on and be irritating all the you hardcore Ranger fans by acting like I'm a expert all of a sudden. And no, you, you'd stuff. be so into it, you couldn't I know, I would be, and I was last time, and it's yeah. fun when they're in the so playoffs. fun. But baseball is just a tough sport when they're running out bad teams year after year after year, and seemingly putting no effort into creating good teams, which they kind of haven't until at least this season. It's pretty hard to give it too much of my attention. But that said, I cannot think of a hire that would get me a tertiary fan more instantly jacked than Ron Washington's return. It would energize this thing so incredibly. It's not even funny. Well, electricity was in the building just yesterday at Globe Life. Oh, it certainly was. What a gift because, I mean, it's still the Yankees, but... It w- those ticket prices wouldn't be a fraction of what they were for yesterday's game if Aaron Judge and his quest for 62 home runs wasn't uh, showing up in Arlington. So uh, he got it. He got her done. He got it out of the way early, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy who caught it, we tried to get him on the show today. I found a phone number for him. I found some mutual friends of his via Twitter. And uh, no response as of yet. I imagine his hands are quite full, one of them with a very valuable baseball. Yes. Um, did you see the guy who fell off the front I row? I did. Yeah. Did we hear if he's okay? Yeah, I think he is. Okay. I think he's okay. I kind of think I don't hate his strategy. <laughs> you thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was funny. I mean, my focus probably should have been on where the ball was going to wind up. But out of the corner of my eye, I saw somebody fall out of the stands, and boy, I was I was into that. Yeah, well, $2 million or whatever it is, it's worth the risk. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of what I was thinking. Strategically, you don't know how much is going to clear that wall by. Mm-hmm. If you jump down there, you're suddenly, you got, I don't know, is that, there's no bullpen right there, is there? I don't know. I don't know the lay of the land at that place, but generally there's just a little space right, between exactly. the bleachers yeah, no and the wall. There. And I would think yeah, there's, there's no bullpen. There, okay, for sure there. there's no bullpen. Okay, so I would think there might be some employees lingering down there, security on a night like this, knowing what's about to possibly head exactly this direction. But I don't hate that guy's strategy. If the guy <laughs> in the front row fumbles it and it goes down yeah, there, or it, if it hits that gap, yeah, it's you his. got free reign, baby. That's right. you got a good 20 feet you can run. But then it seems like it would go into property of somebody else in the gap. It's not in... It's not fan property in the gap. Probably well, goes to the team. Or I bet the uh, league or- 
the lawyers. I had to guess what the well, rules of the gap are. It goes into the possession nine tenths of the law. It goes into the property of the league yes. who own the gap. Exactly. I would bet if you're squeezing that thing in your fist, my left hand would be on a a great lawyer. And uh, yeah. I, man, if I jumped out of the bleachers for that thing and hit the ground, and the guy who was going to catch it muffed it. I would run over there, pick it up, and then I would haul ass. <laughs> Horse compound Just there. looking yeah. for a way yeah. to get out of yeah. there. Spin moves. Yes. Flash Everything. Bang, no matter grenades. what it took. Call your driver. Audi. Anyway, the dude who caught it. I, I hate that it's always something negative and they found out the dude works at a successful, uh, whatever it is, do you know? Investments. Investment Money. firm. So he might be wealthy considering that was probably, uh, I think front row in the section next to the one he was in was about 1100 bucks 1200 bucks yesterday for that game so not too surprising that it's someone's well healed who was in the very front row but sure. pretty clean catch pretty unobstructed uh, it seemed that way considering you have a 2 million dollar bill flying at yep. you he's got a glove out there and it hit him right mm-hmm. in it that's life changing it. i'd be pretty hard going to war for that thing but nice clean catch and uh, that dude is richer than he already is uh, I saw the tweet. I don't can't even confirm this, but it's a New York Yankees throwbacks tweet. It says the Yankees have existed for 120 years. Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole just set team records for home runs and strikeouts in the same inning. I didn't Pretty know good. Garrett Cole set that record. No, as well. I didn't know that either. One of my favorite videos was Eric Nadell making the call, and I don't think we can really play the audio for a handful of reasons. But to see him fly his craft, and I know you are. Infatuated with the great Eric Nadell, as am I. Mm-hmm. Who's we have not? him on the speakeasy this morning. Uh, as good as he is at his job, he's he a cooler great. dude than than that. Even I've gone to many concerts with him, uh, ridden around in vehicles in uh, in the Phoenix area at spring training, and he's like, "This is my favorite bar. We're going to this spot. And we're going to this cool little jazz club." And yeah. he's some band a- that I could never have heard of, and he knows the drummer. Just a all around cool dude, but to see him on that call in his uh, in his booth, and he's got his glasses on, he's watching live action, and the second contact is made, he keeps his cool, but his head whips over to the monitor because it gives him a better view of to mm-hmm. ensure that the ball is going to leave the yard, and he never breaks voice, and he used the call that he told you guys. This morning on the speakeasy, he said that that ball is history, and I guess he usually that was a cool story. As he said, reserves that call for Rangers home runs, which he's decided long ago to do. Um, he thought about throwing in some of the original calls that were used when Roger Maris hit the sixty uh, first home run, but he elected not to because you don't know until that moment hits. And he just went with the traditional Rangers home run call. He applied it to the opposing team, which he almost never does. Yep, but he knew in this case yes. it was that literally ball really history. Is history. That ball's actual I loved history. hearing that story and that that was the kind of piece that he knew he wanted to use in the call if that were to happen. Everything else just happened naturally. Yep. It was pretty cool. And then, of course, um, the dude's wife who caught yeah. the ball. Yeah. She, I don't know her, but she's a reporter of some sort here in town, and she also had been on The Bachelor previously. Yeah, I got it. It's Bree Amaranthus. Yeah. Is the wife of the guy who caught the ball. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this, and you said what? She was on the... She was on The Bachelor season competing for the heart of Ari Lu- no, Lewandyke. Uh, Ari Lyondike. Lyondike. It was Ari Lyondike Jr. I've never known how to say it. Because his dad was a legendary Indy racer and Indy 500 champion, Ari Lyondike, and this is Ari yeah. Lyondike Jr., which right when she said it, I've never watched The Bachelor, but uh, Cash and I were fortunate enough to do a, a ride-along at Texas Motor Speedway in a uh, Indy car. 
And there was two Indy cars, one of which was driven by Mario Andretti, probably the most famous American driver on the face of the earth. No doubt. And the other one was driven by Ari Leyendijk Jr. Now, his dad is quite famous. He is mm-hmm. far less so. But we're in this line, so it's just a random shuffle, and we're like, kind of like, uh, you really want Mario uh, Andretti to be your driver? And the way it shook out, Cash did get uh, Mario Andretti. Mm-hmm. Got to do the ride along with him, and I'm like, I get spare ass Ari Leyendijk <laughs> Jr. <laughs> but he's a former bachelor. So, well, I'm surprised to learn now that he was a pretty good bachelor. I, he married Lauren, who was from Dallas. He didn't and, marry her. Yeah, well. He didn't pick her on the show, I don't think. But then he, she was on the show, and they circled back, if you will, okay, afterwards, you. and got married, and they have three babies now. Okay, and it seems like this Brie chick's doing okay for herself yeah. too, because so she's, she's got okay. two million dollars as yeah. of last night. Do you all have any reservations as to what you would do if you held that ball in your hand? Like, how do you handle that? What what I would do with the ball? Well, because they extracted him immediately from the stands and took him back to the bowels of Globe Life Field. And yes. I don't know what the uh, you know confirmation process is. Obviously, the balls are marked. They know you got yeah, the right they ball. They verified the ball. And in this case, you saw him catch the ball. It was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how quickly and how seriously the negotiation process works. I, do you think they offer him the opportunity to return the ball to Aaron Judge? I mean, you would have to do that essentially when you're – Still in the building. And wouldn't he want it? He said that he wanted the guy to keep it. Really? Yeah. Now, maybe he's changed his mind today. Well, I'm seeing something that was uh, written less than an hour ago that says uh, that the fan got a $2 million offer from an auctioneer. So we'll see. Yeah, he's going to have offers out the wazoo. But Aaron Judge said that he wanted, he wanted the guy who caught it to keep it. Yeah. That's cool. Now, you know what the next intrigue about Aaron Judge is going to be, don't you? Uh-oh. Free agency? What are we going Yeah. When? He is a free agent at the end of this year. Texas Ranger? And the Yankees <laughs> offered right. him an unbelievable sum, sum of money, the exact amount of which I can't think of right now. But it was, it was Yankee money. You know, typical Yankee money. The Yankees could outbid anybody for anybody they might want. And... They made an offer that they thought that Aaron Judge could not turn down, and he turned it down. I believe it was seven years, $213.5 million from the Yankees. He turned that down on opening day. Well, I think they upped it considerably. Did they? That, yeah, the first I, I, thing they, I think up. there's a more recent offer yeah, that, that, actually, <laughs> that they made. doesn't even sound all that shocking. No, that doesn't. So, but yeah. I mean, I think they got into the 500 million. Okay, yeah, range. yeah, that has to make more sense. Yeah, and Aaron Judge turned it down. Wow, he don't want to be a Yankee. No, Maybe. he does. He just wants to. He just wants more. <laughs> That's man seems incredible. Yeah, to me that somebody would turn something like that down, especially from the Yankees. Who's going to pay you more? I don't know, but there's only a very small handful of teams that can get into that hunt. Yeah, yeah what? Red Sox and Cubs and Angels. Dodgers. If they want to get wild. Dodgers. No, the, the Angels won't do it. They're for sale. They're out of that game. Yeah. Is Artie Moreno not still the? He is, but the after team's for Pujols and Josh Hamilton, he yeah. said, I, "I'm not very good at this." Yeah, the team's for sale now. Anyway, the Mets probably would have yes. some sort of say in this. Mm-hmm. But there are only a small handful of teams, and apparently, he's going to play that game of bingo why don't we alex rodriguez this guy break the <laughs> bank let's do it all again mm-hmm. Aaron the Judge number and one guy they're on our wish list Aaron Judge and yes. Rangers the Rangers all season this year 
consists of Aaron Judge and Wash. <laughs> Off-season needs written by the old gray wolf. This article that I was telling you about, it says uh, J.P. Cohen, president of a sports memorabilia auction house called Memory, Memory Lane, says he offered $2 million for the ball that broke the record and... <laughs> Yeomans, this guy reportedly has not responded to his texts or emails. It okay. says in the article, so it's not just you. It's not just me. It's not just you. He's not even replying to an offer for two mil. I don't think you immediately take a two million dollar offer because I don't. I mean, that market it has to set itself. Yes. And I just it's a little early for that to happen. And it seems like in the media that's been the the guest number is two million, so it's unlikely to dip significantly below that. But I would think your first few days after this happens It'll is the hottest yeah. hottest time to, to get this deal done. The record price for a home run ball remains three million for Mark McGuire's seventieth home run from nineteen ninety eight. Really? So you have to think that that number is gonna go up. Yeah. For our our pal Corey Yeomans. <laughs> our new friend. Our new friend that yes. doesn't know he's our friend. Hi Corey. <laughs> Wanna buy us some drinks? <laughs> Get to know the downbeat a yeah, little bit. We're cool. Yeah. You're cool too. You like us. <laughs> so today, the last day of the baseball season. I'm sorry, Mike. It's a long, long time until it's a they. Sad day. One of the saddest days of the year. Every year, huh? Yep, every year. But you'll be locked into the playoffs, won't you? Yeah, I will. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely will. Who are you cheering for to win the championship? Um, I don't know if I really have a favorite right now. Probably, I'll probably latch onto one of the underdogs. Yeah. Yeah, you know, somebody like maybe Toronto or, or the uh, Padres or somebody like that. Cleveland? Yeah, maybe. Well, the last day of the baseball season means uh, Emily's done for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the broadcasters are done for a while. And I believe it is, what, the last day ever for yep. the great Tom Grieve, Mike? It is. That's sad. That makes me uh, feel sad. It does me, too. Tom Grieve has been a part of Ranger baseball since they got here. The first Ranger game that I went to in 1972, which was not the very first one, but I was there, I don't know, three or four games after that very first one. And I was sitting in the left field bleachers, and he was playing left field. And I didn't know who that was. Mm -hmm. And now he is Mr. Ranger. If there is a guy who is a metaphor for this franchise, it is him. He is one of the sweetest guys that – you could possibly ever hope to meet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is an awesome guy. And, uh, we're retirement lunch buddies. Are you? Yeah. Every now and then oh, we nice. semi regular. Well, yeah. A couple times we have. Okay. What sport do you talk about the most? Well, we talk about all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I bet he doesn't want to talk much more baseball when he's. Oh, he loves talking baseball. Still. Yes, he, talk loves, he loves the game. 56 seasons in baseball. Yes. God, really? Yes. What a life. 55 of which came with the Rangers slash Senators. Yes. There was one year when he was involved in a trade to the mm-hmm. Mets, and that was the year that he spent away from here. But then he wound up coming back. Wow. Surely he'll go to games and watch a la, like, President Bush. <laughs> you still get the good seats? Yeah, go sit front and center and just kind of maybe help be a little bit of a mascot kind of guy. So is he retiring? Retiring, just yeah. done with baseball, done with all of it. Yeah, he is. Straight He's to retired. the golf course. Yeah, straight to the golf course. They had a big extravaganza for him a couple weeks ago out there after one of the games. And um, that's it, man. Tom Greve no longer with the Rangers, no longer on TV, just done with the whole thing. Wow. Fare thee well, my friend.
Fare thee well, my brother. He's a good one. A good one indeed. Thank you, Mike. That's fun. A little baseball talk. Always a good time. And we will uh, seed our show to the Mavericks pregame show in about 35 minutes as they're kicking off their preseason schedule with the game in Tulsa against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Pregame starts at 6.30. That means we have to do the Sunset Lounge coming up next. But first... Let me tell you about the temperature inside the Sunset Lounge, because guess what? It's perfect, because we have Reliant Air Conditioning, and uh, Reliant Air Conditioning provides comfort to homeowners that don't want to be taken advantage of. I've met the crew, and uh, they looked me in the eye and sort of explained it, and they said, we could do it. We could go in there and be like, oh, your Freon plunger needs to be replaced. I don't even know if that's a real thing, and you don't either, and the truth is, any air conditioning repairman could tell you anything they wanted and you'd be like yeah i guess do it but not ever line air conditioning that's not what they do because you need to read the reviews they'll tell you everything you need to know before selecting an ac company just go on google and check it out because there's a problem with salesmen disguised as technicians trying to con people into buying new systems you hear it tons of times sales guys like takes a look at everything oh no oh the whole new system sorry but we'll do you a favor on the price always get a second opinion because there's always or often nothing wrong with your system at all and a reliant air conditioning their techs do not work on commission so they don't sell new systems Jeff will also personally address any issues, negative reviews that come up. All they care about is making sure they do right by you. And if you do need a new system right now, you can combine factory and utility rebates to save over $5,000 on a brand new system that can cut your electric bill in half and get you in there for as little as 98 bucks a month. Call two other companies first. And then call Reliant Air Conditioning, and you'll see how they've been gimmick-free since 83. Call 877-YOUR-HERO or schedule your uh, your appointment online at ReliantAirConditioning.com. Listening to The Downbeat on 97.1 The Freak. Just take those old records off the shelf. I said listen to them by myself. Today's We kind of need a hard reset here. <laughs> do you think? You think that's a good idea? I think it's a great idea. All right, you were listening to 97.1. That is The Freak. And this is our third day as such. This show is titled The Downbeat. We appreciate you all being by the channel this afternoon. I would be Mike Reiner. Mike Saroy is here. And Julie Dobbs, the always lovely Julie Dobbs, in here with us today. And uh, we will hold forth here in Afternoon Drive. Mikey and I will. We'll get Jules in here whenever we possibly can because I like Jules, Mikey. I like Jules a lot. Likewise, Mikes. I'll be here whenever you want and need me. Heck yes. Can't say no to you two. We got a shorty today, Michael. Yes, we do. We got Dallas Mavericks basketball. We're two weeks away from the regular season opener at Phoenix. We got preseason games to fight through first. Yep. Maybe it'll be Robert Sarver goodbye night (laughs) out there at Phoenix when the Mavericks get there. Yep. Hopefully so. But we have no JaVale McGee tonight, no Davis Bertans, no Maxi Kleber, which it is Kleber, by the way. I mean, I heard him. He looked me in the eye and said his name. He introduced himself as Kleber. Why was it Kleba for so long? Because we thought someone said that once, and so then everyone says Kleba. 
Yeah, we need to just go five years straight to the horse's mouth with these things. Well, you know, sometimes these guys just out of nowhere change their the pronunciation of their names. Yeah. Be Americanization. Oh, well, I mean, even American guys have done that. Yeah. Well, and this happened with a lot of the hockey guys. And you'd go up and you'd ask them. You'd say, "Hey, everyone's saying this. Is this how we say your name, or is there another way?" And they'd say, "Well, I don't care." Yeah. I'm like, well, you got to tell us one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah, they don't care until they do. They, exactly. And then sooner or later, you're going back up to them again. They're saying, hey, say my name right. Right. Yep. Well, it's Cleaver. He said it. He's not playing tonight either. Tim Hardaway Jr. not playing and Luka Doncic not playing as well. But, hey, we got Mavs basketball, baby. I love it. And we're the home of the damn Mavericks. 97 won the freak. 6.30 pregame show tonight. That's where we're going to duck out a little bit early. And then they play the Oklahoma City Thunder. And hopefully the great Josh Giddy will play. Do you know I'm obsessed with Josh Giddy? Why? Well, m- partially because my brother and his uh, collectible network has gotten me back into collecting sports cards. Mm-hmm. And Josh Giddy is an Australian player going into his second season for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he's incredibly, incredibly good. He had uh, multiple triple doubles last year. His statistical profile looks like a dude who is just about to burst. I mean, he looks like kind of Luca Jr., not quite the scoring threat. But he had a triple-double at Madison Square Garden. He is just a pure passer of the ball. And the best part is he's 19 years old. And he doesn't turn 20 until a couple months from now. He's actually younger than Chet Holmgren, who was their most recent draft pick. Right. The Gonzaga Center. Or but he's out Mr. for the year, right? Who's out for the year. But Josh Giddy entering his second year in the NBA, is actually younger than Chet Holmgren even. He's incredibly young and uh, just a really, really good basketball player. And if he is playing tonight, that will give you a reason to watch our opponent, the o- Oklahoma City Thunder, this evening. Is he a wing or He's a big guard. or what? Point guard. Okay. Yeah. Ball dominant. All right. He's a stud. So you'll get your pregame show here on The Freak at 6.30 tonight with Coop and Mike Peasley, I believe, and then game time, 7 p.m. What's the current time right now, Mike Reiner? The time is 6.05 on 91.7 The Freak. When you hear that tune, that can mean one thing and one thing only, and that is that the day is done. But before you head home, you need a place, that certain kind of place. One where they know you, you know them. One where you can take the edge off. A place where the lights are dim. The music swings, but it's never too loud. And you don't even have to tell them when to make it a double. A place where the skirts are tight and the necklines plunge. Now you may think no such place exists here in these, the 20s. Ah, but it does. It's the Sunset Lounge. Step inside the green door. Sit at the bar. Get in the groove at the Sunset Lounge. With the downbeat on 97.1, The Freak. Better every time. Half an hour earlier today. Sun is still setting, though, so it's apropos. We good. And uh, I think we just kick it around, right? I got a few things. All right, let's kick Whatever it around. you guys got, man? There's no rules. I want to start with something lovely that I read. It has to do with a member of our crew named Michael Gruber. Uh-oh. You here? Should I'm here. Be. We mentioned earlier that it's the last day of the baseball season, and Michael Gruber missed the Aaron Judge home run. Otherwise, he'd have been there. What would your duties have been as the music man 
the minute, uh, when that ball was sailing? Like, do you, you don't play a home run tune no, for your I, opposing I team? No, I would have gotten as far away from the uh, mouse and keyboard and everything as possible. So, <laughs> Was that like a fear to misfire something? Yeah, with me it's always a possibility. <laughs> How many career misfires in the ballpark did you have? I only had one. It was on a Cole Calhoun uh, double this year. It hit right at the top of the wall of right center field, you know, where it's got that weird caddy corner uh-huh. set up. And I didn't – I I basically – my wires got crossed. Like, I knew it wasn't out, but it also maybe looked like it did wind up going out. So I started to play it, and, of course, that kind of causes a natural? little – Yeah, the uh, – playing the natural. Yeah. So there was a little confusion for this. No, everybody kind of knew, and, you know, frankly, uh, you know, with uh, the Rangers, it's something Chuck Morgan was doing as well, was pretty much as soon as you could tell that a home run is gone, you hit the you hit the natural. And whether the ball had cleared the fence or not, if you could just tell, you know, like, Joey Gallo was basically a cheat code where, you know, there was one where... The ball basically had barely left the infield. And you did it? And I did it. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, and like the, even like the Twins announcer, I think we were playing Minnesota, said something on the uh, television broadcast like, well, I guess uh, the ballpark crew knew that one was gone. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. Yeah. So I only had one miss, but it was more confusion than, you know, just thinking it was a home run, yeah. if that makes sense. Did you enjoy watching the always edgy Cole Calhoun this year? He was very edgy. But yeah, he's I a, like him, man. He's what does a, that mean? Is he a jerk? No, just he plays with the uh, heart and hustle and yeah, he just uh he was really fun to watch. I used um, to hate him when he was with the Angels because mm-hmm. he'd get in the bat in the batter's box and he'd start waving the bat around and look at the pitcher like, "Come on, man. Come on, throw this weak ass up here." Really? Yeah, he was just he had red ass written all over him. Yeah, but you like. I hated him with the Angels. Well, Rangers but but, I, but I loved him here. Yeah, we love those guys. And he seemed like a great guy, too. Well, Michael Gruber worked alongside the great Chuck Morgan, legendary Chuck Morgan, for um, every every game you ever did, right? Uh, Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, exactly. 2020. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I saw the tweet that he sent you, and I thought it was very sweet, and I thought we should read it. It was pretty awesome. I don't know if you've seen this, Michael. I don't think I have. I don't know if Julia's seen this either, but Chuck Morgan tweets the following, at Tweet Groobs. In 2019, I decided that playing music at Ranger Games for 36 years was enough. I wanted it to be fresh and also still sound like a Rangers game. So I needed a Rangers fan, and Groobs was my choice. Best move I have ever made. And what a great working relationship it was. Nothing better than having Grooves riding shotgun with me. If he hadn't been there for the crazy 2020 season and the fake crowd noise he provided, I would have been up a creek. He went above and beyond for the Rangers. We had some great times together over the last three years, and he is the best. I wish Grooves the best of luck on 97-1 The Freak. He is a great talent, but most of all, a great friend. Good luck, Beavis. Your friend Butthead. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chuck and I kind of had a uh, Beavis and Butthead routine. Uh, for example, last year uh, there was a center fielder, outfielder named DJ Peters mm-hmm. that the Rangers had for the last couple months of the season. Mm-hmm. 
and we would giggle at the last name Peters. I bet so. Okay. <laughs> and so, you know, the way uh, he's one of us. The way the ballpark is set up, you know, Chuck's got his own majestic booth on the first level behind home plate, and I'm set up uh, in the press area or media re- area on the fourth level. So we had little uh, lipstick cameras that would allow us to see each other. And every time he would announce DJ Peter's name, he would make sure not to look anywhere near his monitor because he knew that I was looking at the camera trying to get him to laugh while he's announcing announcing the name. Because I am very unprofessional and a bad friend. Did that never succeed or come close to succeeding? No, I came close, but... Chuck's too damn good at his job and too much of a pro. Yeah, and that was an absolutely amazing thing to read from him yesterday. That was one of the nicest things anyone's ever said, and Chuck really is just the absolute best. I'm uh, sad that I don't get to work with him at least for the moment, but he's an absolutely incredible person and boss and friend and. You know, I don't even need to suck up to him now that I'm not working for him, but he really is an absolutely incredible person. I know, I'm pretty sure all three of you all can attest to that, and especially Shoopy. I certainly can, and will. How was that, as he says, crazy 2020 season and the fake crowd noise he provided? God, that was uh, (laughs) definitely one of the most surreal things. You know, uh, 2020 was my first season with the Rangers, and I'd... Uh, to give a little background, I'd kind of known for about seven years that Chuck had me in mind as the person to take over the music from him whenever he was ready to do that. And so, you know, for seven years, I'd been hyping, hyping up myself in my mind, man, I'm going to get to play music at Rangers games, and then the opportunity finally comes in 2020, and obviously the season gets delayed, and, you know, we don't know if we're even going to have a season because of this pandemic and you know we finally get to get going with the season with 30 home games instead of 81 and being told you know hey MLB wants us to play fake crowd noise which to Chuck's credit he was already planning for that mm-hmm. before I think even MLB was uh really? yeah because he wanted to make it sound like as natural as possible as that could sound for the players, because I wonder if that had to be. So it wouldn't have had to be a MLB decision. Uh, I like think the was, Rangers would have done it really? okay. regardless. Because that but, was a, con, not controversial, but that was a you know, one of the many bizarre things that you know were involved with sports at that time is the the fake crowd noise. Yeah, so then, that wound up being an MLB mandate. They gave us iPads that had you know the pre recorded stuff. We could find our own like. You know, I got the hot dogs guy. I'm not even going to try to replicate that voice. Um, but, you know, I've I found clips of, you know, fans doing the Let's Go Rangers chant. And so I tried to make it sound as natural as possible because, you know, we actually tried doing like an exhibition game uh, without it. And it just it felt like a morgue. Yeah. So it was just too creepy without it. What do you have? Because I, I I'm excited to ask you this. It's just coming to me because I remember at the time I was really wondering it. You had uh, ambient crowd noise. Right. And then you had, did you have like single, double, triple, or levels? Like obviously yeah. the, the yeah. home run cheer would have been the loudest, but a single is a cheer, but it's not yeah, as so much there was, as a double. There's like, yeah, low, medium, high, you know, and you know, it could layer them all together to make it even bigger. So, you know, and when we'd get a home run or 
when we're pitching and got two strikes on a batter near the end of the game and stuff like that. And, you know, the players, a couple of them actually said, you know, hey, it felt pretty damn real. So, you know, I, I did the best I could with that, but I also absolutely hated it, even as, you know, lucky as I was to even be working. There was a lot of people that, you know, didn't have work for quite a while because we didn't have, you know, our normal promotions. We didn't have, you know, the dot race on the field, captain, uh, the mascot, you know, any of that stuff. So I was very lucky and grateful to be working, but I obviously never want to experience that again. Yeah, of course. How do walk-up songs work? Do they... Is does John Blake compile them and send you an email or something? Uh, David Bales, he's the clubhouse manager. I'm gonna feel bad if I got the title wrong, but yeah. he's been with the team since like 1986. So he would always, uh, you know, send the request to Chuck, and then eventually he just started sending them to me. And you know, some players, uh, you know, would just keep the song for keep a song for the whole season. Someone want to alternate, you know, to every game. Yeah. Stuff like that, but yeah, that would come from the clubhouse typically. And did you normally, I know when you were with the stars, you had a lot of bits, musical bits. Less so with the Rangers, any with the Rangers, like as far as opposing teams, walk-ups and that kind of thing, could you do that? No, like, you know, we didn't do any opposing team walk-ups and, you know, the Rangers, you know, and it's just, it feels right for baseball. It's, you know, a little more traditional Mm -hmm. and all that, um... So we didn't really do a whole lot of trolling. I would try to every now and then, you know, have little musical puns of, you know, if one of our guys made a diving catch, play like the Superman theme yeah. or something like that, but nothing too crazy. It's not like with the stars where we were literally playing drops and, you know, making fun of mostly the refs, but, yeah. you know, we didn't make umpires, fun of players umpires, with the stars. Umpires, What's, what, Shoopy? Umpires. No, it, no I'm talking about with the stars. With stars. Oh. Refs, refs, yeah. Refs, Thank refs. you, Shoopy. I don't know how we in the Sunset Lounge just turned into a me interviewing group. Yeah, yeah. I was excited yeah. about all that stuff. No, it's fun. Well, in the Sunset Lounge, anything goes. No, I didn't see any rules. We're getting I freaky some here. Thoughts. I didn't see any rules. What do you got? What are your well, thoughts? Well, for for tomorrow, I did just get a live question via the socials. There's somebody that says they're a listener that was previously with the fan that came over, so they don't really don't understand the Shoopy thing. So you guys don't have to do it now, but but table that because there are a lot of people that are listening that don't know that you guys have always called each other Shoopy. Well, they're they're really going to be disappointed because there's no real story. But why shoot? But why Shoopy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of the stupidest things ever. We can, uh, I think, Shoopy. Let's just try to delay that story as much as possible. Let's do. Let's yeah. do. It's the cutest name let's ever. Make that our nut talk segment. We never get yeah. to it. Yeah, <laughs> we always we always tease. Okay, that's a good idea. So tomorrow on the downbeat, the Shoopy story. It's a big At last, story. The Shoopy story. The other yeah. thing is, I just want to ask Mike because a lot of people are driving home right now from work. That's the Sunset Lounge. The sun's going down. Mm-hmm. We're about ready to go home. We take see off your you shoes. on the tollway. I see everybody. Perhaps both yes. take off your pants. Whoop. Take off your bra. I don't know. Sometimes women or men, whoever, whatever it is that makes you uncomfortable. Doesn't when you it, get it feels home, great to take off your bra. It feels cold. amazing. Is that one of the first things you do when you get home every night? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. But I know some people that just can't wait to do that or take off whatever it is. Right? A lot is of times, like the the under. Oh gosh, I didn't mean to have bra straps talk. that hurt. 
it's just like a, it's just, this is funny. Two people that have never worn a bra are yeah. asking about what a bra is like. To your knowledge. Shoopy, have you worn a bra? I'm used to those two. I know. I was just wondering. We're talking about them. I was just wondering if you had. Don't worry about that. Um, it's just like a, I mean, it's the kind of the same feeling as a belt, but up higher. Okay. You know, yeah. I retired like, well, this is TMI. Real yeah, ones, yeah. like, I don't, I think as you get older, you just find stretchy things generally. Yes. And so that's what I prefer. Fair enough. Move but um, anyways, people driving right now are getting ready to go relax. And I want to know what Mike Reiner does when he gets home and he's ready to just decompress. What's your nightly evening routine like? Um, under normal circumstances, I probably will go home, throw the work bag down on the table, and not touch it for another thousand days. <laughs> you got to come back tomorrow, though. Don't leave us now. Eh, don't bog me down with details. <laughs> then what? I don't know. Usually, I'm ready for a little quiet Yeah. under most circumstances. So I will just sit and ponder the day for about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes or so. Okay. In that chair, that comfy chair. Oh, yes, in the chair. Oh, it's so comfy. Uh, Julia, you've... You ever seen this chair? I don't think so. It usually gets claimed pretty quickly if there's a gathering. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. Is oh, it a recliner? No, it's no. just sort of a soft... I don't know. What do it's you worn out. Yeah, but yeah. that's... Convenient. I've had it since... It's at least... At least 25 years old. Wow. And it has always been my chair. And... It's I've been encouraged by some people who have been in my scene... Along the way to get rid of it and get something new. And not only will I not, I can't. <laughs> I can't. They don't understand. I'm addicted to it. Yeah. It's not the chair that was in the video that we just. No, that just was turned. just. Uh, that was not the chair. No, no. That's, it's not it's that a chair. Different chair. Yeah, different chair. I want to see this chair. It's awesome. You should sit in this chair. Is it leather? No. No, it's cloth. Fabric. Okay. Yeah. Pattern? Yeah. Yeah. Are there flowers on it? Uh, paisley or some, something really goofy like that. It is not attractive at all. It doesn't all. need to be. It no. needs to be comfortable on your rear. No. It is not attractive at all, but I love it and okay. I will never, ever get rid of it. Please don't. It do, sounds like it brings you joy. Do Do you have a chair there? or your spot or is that lean toward dudes? Uh, I have a spot. It's just the corner of my couch right next to a little table where I can put all my things. Yeah, and there's items. a blankie. I always go to my spot. I grab my blankie. In a perfect world, nobody bothers me for the rest of the night. But yeah. that's, that's not going to happen. That's rare. Yeah. So, Is there wine-stained circles on the little table next to your spot? Yeah, there <laughs> is. There's always a wine glass there. Whether I get to it or not, that's that's the question. So you have to take a picture of the chair and send it to us tonight. Can you do that? I imagine I can. We'll put it on the Downbeat Twitter account so everybody can see this chair. That well, is the Sunset Lounge team. Yes. That is it, Mike Ryan. we are told that it's time for us to go away. I think I'll head home. Because we must make way for Mavericks preseason basketball right here on The Freak. So let's do that. Thanks to Shoopy. For Jules, Mike Saroy, I'm Mike Reiner. 
We appreciate you being with us today on The Downbeat. Tomorrow, the three, we will see you then. I want to head home, Mike. I want to head home. It's hard to do it. That was like a perfect outro. But when I do get home, I'm going to be comfortable. I'm going to sit in my chair. And my... My home will be conditioned properly, thanks to my friends at Reliant Air Conditioning. And uh, they urge you – how many companies do this? I love this slogan. They want you to call a different air conditioning company, and they want you to call another one. Call two companies first, and then call Reliant Air Conditioning. That's because they are so confident in their fair pricing and honest way of doing business. They want you to talk to their competition thoroughly. Because they know it will highlight the fact that they do business the right way at Reliant Air Condition. And uh, you should give them a call. 877-YOUR-HERO is the number. 877-968-7437, the number. And if you do need a new system right now, you can combine factory and utility rebates to save over $5,000 on brand new.